true believers, and welcome to another issue of Four Color Commentary, the continuing saga of four comic nerds and the books they love. Do you have a moment to talk about the bee? I'm Alan. <laughs> welcome, bee brothers. I'm Chewy. Praise be unto bee and his holy hive. I am Ian. I'm glad that I'm here with this gathering of believers. Hey, <laughs> he did I'm it. Ryan. He did it. it. Hello, everybody. It. If you have no idea what we're talking about, you need to follow Alan's art stream, which <laughs> is now true. been, which, which which he's been doing on, oh, which he's been doing on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it gets a little crazy. We're gonna we're gonna try to get him on Twitch. I'm also gonna try to get on Twitch soon too with video games. <laughs> I was gonna say I was streaming. listening to you berate him for not being on Twitch. No, like, I was be I was be I was Twitch. berating Alan because. You're given excuses that are easily solved, and the reason I do that is because I'm also berating myself for the same excuses. Okay, that, can be that makes solved. more yeah. sense because every time you're like, I told you, I said I'm not going to accept yeah buts, even uh, even from me, especially from me, especially me. So um, no more. Yep. Uh, so yeah, follow. Uh, we're gonna Alan. We're, uh, Alan, I'm, I'm proclaiming it here now. We're gonna get you set up on Twitch. Okay. And we're gonna get this going. And I'm all gonna right. get on Twitch. We're all gonna be on Twitch for something. You might have like a yeah. stuff and things like podcast, uh, Twitch nope. channel. Just do your own. This is for you. Mine's gonna. Mine's. I have ideas. Although <laughs> maybe YouTube. I don't know. There, I mean, you can do both. It. You can do both. Yeah. There's why not options. both? Yeah, live streaming is the future. Podcast, that's old hat. Yeah. People want to be here now. They want to see yeah. it now. 4D. Wait. Yeah, and 4D. <laughs> 4K HD. Yeah, 4K HD, IMAX 3D. Uh, 360 VR. 360 VR. Um, so that's our new podcast. Uh, so thank you guys for the final episode. Thank you very much. Um, no, it isn't. Uh, well, there's three of us and one of you, Ryan, and I say. <laughs> so More importantly. Anyway, the no, we're, we're just it. we're just kidding. Uh, so welcome to Four Color Commentary. If this is your first time joining us. Uh, thank you. And if you're a returning Four Color Cadet, welcome back. Uh, before we get into the show about the comics and, and the books and the comic books, uh, a couple of things you guys should be aware of if you'd like to reach out to our show. The uh, best way to do that is to go to our website, stuffandthingsnetwork.com. Go there, click on the Four Color Commentary Art. You can uh, listen to all of our past episodes there, a whole library, a plethora of past episodes. Uh, you can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Nearly 100. Yeah, nah, we have more than 100. What? Yeah, nearly. What? We have more than 100. Episodes? Yeah. Yeah, we do, actually. Well, more than 100. It's near 100, though. Well, just above. It's over. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess if you're going to count backwards. Um, you can also uh, email us, too. There's a contact us button on the front page of the website. Fill that out. Shoot us an email, and we'll read it here on the show. So all of that at stuffandthingsnetwork.com. So like good old Smile and Stan of Marvel Comics would say, every comic could be somebody's first comic. And we like to follow that mantra here on our show by introducing you to who we are and what we bring to the table. And also, uh, we have uh, four different sections of our show that I will give you a sneak peek at right now there's four sections so get ready those will be announced as they come along but for now i ask the eternal question the undying one the the one that b knows all the answers to but will never tell alan huh? who are you and what gives you the right i don't know my name is alan though and i like other things like web comics and manga which <laughs> seem to be my niche what are the things you like <laughs> these things that i like i like these. other things no no you said you like things and then you said, you said, I said yeah, I, i'm at malin i like other, other things. things what are the things, things that you like the the web comics and the manga i'm confused all right anyway uh you can also follow me on instagrams and twitters at marginally talented m-r-g-n-l-y talented uh where you can see all the things that i draw and now watch me draw them in real time and perhaps <gasps> contribute 
uh, to some of the terrible inside jokes that are already occurring. Uh, yeah, they had to catch me up before the show. It's not great. Um, that being said, uh, art, direction, panel layout, these are things that I really, really like in books and kind of what drives me to one in general. Hey, it's me. It's Chewy. You can find me on uh, Twitter at Chupacabra, C-H-E-W-P-A-C-A-B-R-A. Uh, on Instagram, I'm at L underscore Chupacabra. That's E-L underscore and then Chupacabra like I did before. Reasons you would want to follow me and talk to me on those uh, places would be because we share similar interests such as metal, such as comic books, such as comic books that are metal. What types of comic books are metal? Basically anything that you're flipping through and you're like, oh man, there's a person just burning alive with technology or, oh no, here comes a person being burned by someone else's eye, eye burners. Any of those things, anything where if you're flipping through it and you think, man, that's metal, that's a chewy book. Hey everybody, my name's Ian. You can reach out to me on the internet at at irich, that's at I-R-I-T-C-H. Why might you want to do that? Uh, we, we can have some, some talks about, uh, the new Avengers, Avengers infinity war. I'm sure there's a lot of things to be said. Uh, so I will be happy to talk to you guys about that. I tend to be the representative of the big two Marvel and DC here on the podcast. I try to work those into my rotation regularly, but anything with a good story, uh, usually catches my eye. So even if maybe the art isn't so hot, if the story is good, then I will be more than likely to give your book a high five and a thumbs up. Wiggly do. <laughs> if you Gosh. give a book a high five, is it just hitting it with your hand? Yeah, I throw it in. I throw it in the air and then hit it. Especially golden especially, age books. Yeah, especially golden age books. Uh, I usually brittle ones. Yeah, I usually graded. take those out of the grading box. I like yeah, Crack cover your the, hand yeah. and barbecue. If you sauce want first. your nine point eight, <laughs> if, if you want your nine point eight to be a two point three, I'm the guy. Um, contact me. Contact me. There you go. That's your slogan. That's it. That's your new slogan, Ian. Yes. Hi, I'm Ryan. I like, Hi, Ryan. Uh, Ryan. Hi, guys. Uh, I like comics as art and comics as literature. I like science fiction books and fantasy books and really weird things and also really kid-friendly things. And that sometimes has this weird crossover. Uh, and so, yeah, you can find me online at Ryan Roop, R-Y-A-N-R-U-P-P-E on Twitter and Instagram and stuff. Um, and, yeah, I don't, I don't know what else I usually say here. That's it. That's all of it. That's it. All right. So that is the four of us. And now we move on to the first first of four sections of our show. Here's my issue. Here's my issue. Sorry. My mouth. My uh, my mouth. My mouth is not working. My my voice. Make better mouth. I guess so. Um, So uh, with here's my issue. Each of us uh, bring an individual book uh, to the show. We all kind of read them, talk about them, come together, kind of like a comic book book club. So uh, we and we go in order uh, alphabetically. So, Ryan, I believe you are the first one. You brought a Marvel book. It's me. Yeah. Heck yeah. I brought a Marvel book. Brought a a, a book that uh, I've been it's been brewing for a little bit ever since we read um, the what Marvel Avengers. It was it Avengers. New Avengers. New Avengers. Avengers. Ever since we read that, uh, they brought the sentry in there very briefly for no reason. Uh, with very little explanation of who he was. And so uh, actually right around that same period of time, I believe this book came out, The Age of Century, which is uh, sort of a a jokingly done fake anthology of silver and golden age century stories, uh, but done in like 2008 or 2010. Um, so I thought it would be fun because it does actually give an origin story and a background 
on this random Marvel character, Sentry. And, and Marvel was really doubling down at the time and basically saying, like, no, the Sentry's been around forever. Here's all this stuff we just dug up. And, you know, very <laughs> tongue-in-cheek, but at the same time, it's 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 kind of fun when Marvel sort of plays with its own history and, and they try to, like, in insert characters where characters weren't before. And, uh-huh. and, um, and I think that the writers and the artists have a lot of fun with this book. Uh, and I thought you guys would enjoy it. So, so quick, quick question of clarification: Did did the Sentry exist prior no, to this? Totally not. Okay. They, he he they they did one of those metafictional things where they're like, oh no, the Sentry's already been around, and literally everybody forgot about him, including you, the reader in the real world. Oh. Uh, and so this book was supposed to be like them dredging that all back up. But this is obviously this is Jeff Jeff Parker and Nick Dragota. Yeah. Uh, doing it, doing it now's now's about. Um, so the first the first story is the secret origin of the century. They just come right out of the gate and give you the origin story of this character, and he fights a slime brain monster. Um, <laughs> he fights a slime brain monster. There it is. Uh, but yet, that's not the strangest part of the book to me. The strangest part of the book to me is the fact that his super dog is a little corgi. Yeah, it's a corgi. <laughs> Amen. Corgis weren't with, around with, back then. With whittle legs that just was, has a cape on. And then even weirder is the, there's the second butt. story, the public service announcement written by yes. Paul Tobin uh, with art by Ro- Ramon Rosanas, which is also a really bizarre, strange story. <laughs> no, they, these seem right about, these seem Silver Agey. All right. So, so what did you guys think of them? Uh, having read Silver Age Marvel, which we have read because we've read the Avengers and the original Avengers issues, yeah. like the uh, first issue of. Uh, of the uh, of the Hulk and Iron Man and all this stuff, um, this is I feel like they did a really good job of keeping it on par, even with the offensive, uh, not correct, not not PC time correct uh, uh, dialogue, such as like what was it like? Oh, women are forgetful, or you yeah. can't trust a woman with. That. I was like, talk about doubling down. They I was like, really- oh, yeah, yeah. They ended with like, you can't touch a woman with a secret. We better erase her mind. <laughs> I get, I get, I get what they're going for on that one, but at the same time, I was it necessary? No, they could have done it a little more. It's, it's funny how this is not even ten years old, but our sensibilities have changed in that period of time that we're like, uh, even as a joke, this like is a as, little. You took it too far. Yeah. But in 2010, it was like, ha ha, sexism. <laughs> Yeah, I guess so. Well, it's making fun of the ridiculousness of what of that statement. And well, so. I mean, the whole book is ridiculous. Yeah. So I guess that's pretty par for the course. It's more like I a guess you could see it as call like a call out. A you know, little, like a little it's boy. It's a shading of it. A little yeah. boy in the past drinks a a, a potion yeah, I was say, how and will, flies how willing, and stops a missile. How willing is Robbie to just from make, the Reds? Hey, yeah. Here's this experimental potion. It must be the po- first off. He doesn't even know that it's the potion they're talking about. Right. Yeah. Second, even if he knew it was the potion they're talking about, Look, he knows it's experimental. He's like, hmm, well, someone's got to do something. Robbie, Robbie was the first Tide Pod kid. He was the first. <laughs> one that was just, he was the original Tide Pod I, kid. I'm just going to put. I'm gonna, Tide I'm Pod gonna kid. I'm going to put this in my body. I'm going to we'll put this happens. in my mouth and swallow it down and see what happens. Could you imagine if mm, that's blue, what it, huh? <laughs> I haven't tasted blue in a while. <laughs> Could you imagine if that's what starts humans on the next step of evolution and that guy that like ate a Tide Pod actually yeah, like gave him superpowers? And very clearly, very clearly, if you look at the dialogue here, it isn't the first time he's put something in his mouth and tasted no. it that he, this tastes like castor oil. Yeah. 
Well, why would you know what castor oil? Okay, well, it's one okay, of those castor things. Castor oil is something that was like they yeah. gave to you and you had yeah. tons of problems. Right, yeah. but what I'm saying is like nobody does, nobody uses that anymore. No, but then. But yeah, then. but that was this back in the past what, what is of when then? this book is from. Yeah, the past. They don't really give a, a good um, uh, year. No. I do like yeah, the fact that. Cuzzling was, that down. It, so far, it was when when the the thing that you're building, the thing that you worked on inside <laughs> your building, was displayed prominently on top of your building. The best yeah. line in that panel is his sidekick yelling, "Chug it, <laughs> yeah, chug it, uh, yeah, sidekick." I like that. His, <laughs> ah, rock on, man. His like sidekick that. is also named Scout, the most generic sidekick yeah. name I like of that, all time. That like the origin story is like we're gonna go back in time and get yeah. some more of the formula. Don't mess with the time streams or bad stuff will happen. <laughs> yeah. Like they just they just like casually are like, yeah, we'll just use the time machine. No the, big deal. The whole purpose like, of them going back is to mess with the time stream or so they think. Yeah. Turns out they've already been there, which yeah, is they, clever. Yeah, I thought that was good. That was um, I also like the fact they even went super hard uh, to match like the old timey comics like in the art style. Yeah. Like this panel right here. Where the coloring is slightly off, so it's outside yeah, yeah, the line. Like the, the register around. Like the printer the was bad. But here's the thing: at this particular moment, it just looks like her lipstick is all mashed up. It looks like they just did a really <laughs> sloppy makeout. Where she's like, "Hey, guy, more potion." Actually, yeah. my favorite part is when he's going to drink the potion. Like, just his face is is just kind of like he looks like a dumb kid who would just drink something. Blue, drink this. Um, I love the room with all the dead monkeys, but they don't show dead monkeys. They just show arms hanging out of cages. Yeah, it's pretty dark. Man. It's a room super full dark, of right? dead monkeys. <laughs> it's just a room full of dead monkeys. Uh, but I, speaking of art, like they they really went for kind of the old style. Everybody's in an action pose at all moments at all times kind of thing, yeah. which uh, is super super fun. Um, and the inking style, they went for the big blocky inks. On top of uh, just like those striated shading, but you can you can tell that it's because the printing, like the the digital printing that we have these days, is so much better that even though the art style is an homage to that time period, mm-hmm. it doesn't match up completely. No. Also, there's no uh, what you would call zipatone. Yeah, like, you're they right. They didn't even try. They didn't even try with the zipatone, which I think feel like most people, if you're trying to emulate an old '50s, '60s style comic, you would definitely put a ton of that in there because of but the. They printing. got a lot of the hatching and stuff. I feel like the zipatone is almost like a later thing. But uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe we should it, look that up. Yeah, we should look in the tome. Yep. <laughs> uh, would you and yeah. what do you guys think of that second story where I, they're I, draining his power with a television oh, camera? Man. Oh yeah, that was so I loved silly. It. Because it just felt so of that time period to be like, okay, like this felt really Silver Age. It was like, okay, well, how do we, how do we do this in like a quote unquote like comics code friendly way? It's like, uh, they 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 film a camera and he's trying to tell kids to be good, <laughs> not just be good. Yeah, don't Brush even hold teeth. hands. Yeah, too much don't, temptation. Don't too much even temptation. You, your feeble child mind can't handle, handle it. it. Oh man. Don't holding hands is too much in the movie theater. I like how they specifically use the example of the movie theater. That's true. Movie theater. That's where holding hands places. takes place. In I like how they the devil's got hands. Yeah, and we get and what's his face for holding. We get the the terrible tinkerer too. Oh yeah, we do get the tinkerer in there. Yeah, that'll come back in another book that we read. Yes, yeah. uh, glad like that, that came full circle. Like how, they, how they keep how they keep bringing back that it's like the power of a million exploding suns yeah. in his body. Yes. 
Like he's so strong. These he's not just like Superman who's powered by one sun. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's got the power of a million exploding. That sounds like sun. something yeah. Stan would pitch. Yeah, it does. He's a million times better. <laughs> Is it? Hey, what's better than one candle in the wind? Five thousand candles in the wind. That's true. Thank you, Andy <laughs> Dwyer. Uh what about uh wow. Uh what about the monster at the in the end of the second story? Like isn't he the monster from the first Fantastic Four? Uh, like issue, similar. it looks real similar. It yeah. does. He's got that big floppy mouth. <laughs> A big floppy what, so, mouth. What, so all monsters look the same to you? Yeah, they're all monsters. <laughs> they deserve to die. Oh, man. Our camera shattered beyond repair. I like the guy's beret. <laughs> yeah, he also it's has a so beret. Good. When's the last time you saw a villain with a beret? It's been a while. I mean, uh, it was, that's it was that's how the, I read this book. That's not even like a beret. That's almost like a kangle. Yeah, it's like a fancy I, I like, beret. I it's like, like really this, nice in this panel where he looks like the patron saint of podcasting, Kevin Smith. Yeah, he, he does. does. Look like yeah. Silent Bob. Like Kevin Smith. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if they did that on purpose. I wouldn't but be what do you guys think about about like does the book accomplish its goals? Does it feel like yes, like like a classic <laughs> Marvel like dumb hero that it, was maybe forgotten and it, here's his history. It feels almost like let's be real, it feels like they're almost making fun of DC books a little too in this. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it's very much like Batman or Superman having to drive home a moral. And mm. it, it does have those vintage Marvel feels to it. Like the old school stuff like the Avengers and stuff that we read. But like this also very much screams like, hey, let's also kind of do a play on DC. Like what if Marvel put out a DC hero and let's let's just go nuts with it? Well, and that's kind of who the century was. He was basically Superman. Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I I think that it did a pretty good job. Um, I do think that they went a little too. I feel like they could have reined it in a little bit and <laughs> yeah. maybe been a, a little more subtle, a little closer to the chest with some of like the the strange 60s logo uh, lingo. But overall, it was still fun. I think it's it's intentionally kind of a comedy book. No, no, no. I mean, I get that. Yeah. I just feel like if you if they were a little more subtle with it, it probably would have been a little more <laughs> rather than a lot more. Ooh, you know, yeah. <laughs> I gotcha. It's just it, personal opinion, I guess. Look, Alan, just because you like holding hands in the movie theater. I do like holding hands like, in the dark. Oh, no. I'll hold all the hands. <laughs> That's why hands. Men's hands, Avengers women's hands, hands, children's hands, all the hands. Uh, what about dog's hands? I mean, they have paws, but mm. I guess so. <laughs> it sounds like you're not committed enough. <laughs> <laughs> you need to seek the counsel. No, I, I really enjoyed the silliness of this, Ryan. I really, really liked it. So I am, It was I'm really fun. I, I, did they put out more of these? Yeah, this was a whole series. Wait, uh, was it, this, was the, it like different generations? Like different yeah, styles? Yeah, of yeah. So, they, so they, they did like a... Um, so this was supposed to be sort of like early Silver Age. And then the next issue is like later, like a little grittier Silver Age. Like more like... Uh, more like speedy on heroin kind oh, wow. of silver age. And oh, then yeah, they yeah. do like gut blast in eighties and then they do like ridiculous <laughs> over the top nineties with lots of pouches. This might, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of feel like with that many cool iterations, we should have done as a first print. We just read all of them. Uh, yeah, that would have been pretty fun. <laughs> uh, but I just thought it would be fun to kind of, to kind of bring that in, especially since we were, Everybody was kind of like, what? Yeah. What is Who the century? Is this, century? Be? And this is the origin of the century. Which is a, a hilarious... A whole hundred years ago. <laughs> a whole hundred? Yeah. A hundo? One hundo. A hundo. This book, you telling me this book was written in, <laughs> in 1918? No, this, <laughs> this book was written in the 2000s. When there were time machines and telephones? But Ryan's... Yeah. <laughs> 2000 <laughs> was only 10 future. years ago. Uh, 
<laughs> so Ryan, where can people check this book out? Um, it is available on Comixology. You can buy it um, as individual issues there. Uh, I think they're all probably like two bucks each. Um, besides that, I think it was, yeah, they're all two X each. There's six of them on Comixology, Age of Century, 2008, 2009. Um, besides that, I think it was collected at one point, but I think the trade's out of print. So, uh, if you have a brick and mortar with a good back catalog of Marvel trades, it might be there, but you're going to have better luck on do, Comixology. Do they, um, and, and each issue has like different artist writer combos? Yeah. Each issue, I, I think that, um, do they make like any, like a re, uh, actually, I, does anyone reprise it? Yeah. Jeff Parker sticks with it. Nick Dragota mm-hmm. sticks with it. Paul Tobin is there too. Okay, cool. Like issue two is Jeff Parker, Paul Tobin doing writing and then Nick Dragota and Michael Cho doing art. Oh. Um, and then issue three, as it gets sort of. Oh, my iPad's playing music. Wow. We wow. got background music for this outro here. Uh, and then issue three is Jeff Parker and Paul Tobin with Colleen Coover and Nick Dragota. So it looks like they've got. It's mostly Parker and uh, Dragota doing the main story. And then the backup story is Paul Tobin and nice. somebody. Different person every I like time. Paul Tobin. I do too. Nice. All right. Uh, so, Alan, I believe you are the next person. Go. Yeah. All right. Jeez. <laughs> Alan, tell us about your book. All right, so I brought a manga. What time is it? It's, it's manga, manga time. time. What time is it? It's, it's manga, manga time. What time is it? It's, it's manga time. That got weird. Yeah, that got weird. It got taken over by the old gods. Okay, so anyway, <laughs> um, I brought a manga that I've been kind of waiting to bring because I, I didn't know quite what I was in for. Um, but it was explained to me as basically D and D where the loot is food. And I feel like we basically, that is, I I feel like that's that's the gist of it. Yeah. So it's called, uh, the English name is delicious in dungeon by, uh, Ryoko Kui. Uh, and it's, it's about like, um, uh, a fantasy world where uh, there was a lost city, but then uh, it was uncovered, and it turns out there's a kingdom buried underground. So in, in very much uh, Japanese fantasy, like uh, RPG fashion, the deeper you go in the dungeon, the harder things get. Uh, like, the bigger the monsters, the the more baddies, etc. Um, and so there's a party that is facing off against a dragon, and one of the members' sisters is supposedly eaten by the dragon, but they are forced to flee. So they have to go back in, but they don't have any money. So they don't have any money for like equipment. They keep all their equipment, but they don't have any food. And they decide to sort of try to live off the fauna, flora and fauna of this dungeon, which is essentially its own ecosystem, uh, which I think is really kind of smart and silly. Uh, and they event- and they meet a guy who's sort of already been doing this. So every little story is is sort of like a an adventure um, where at the end they cook stuff. Uh, it looks delicious. I'm not gonna lie; I kind of got hungry reading this. <laughs> got so hungry so what do you guys? Times. What did you guys think? Oh, oh man, it combines two I, of my favorite things: I, fantasy books and and recipe comics. I love this. I love it. Like I I I, I loved it. I I couldn't I couldn't stop myself from reading. Yeah. More of it. Oh man. Yeah. It's so we, like, we we read uh, we only needed to read the first forty four pages, which in a manga is not a lot. Yeah, it's just the first chapter. I think we all pretty much kept reading past that. Yeah, yeah. I, read, I read the entire first <laughs> Oh volume. Ian didn't. He That's just read right. no, it. Ian not. doesn't love the mangas. That's no, I do like manga. Um, oh, yeah, he just hates dungeons and dragons. Yeah, That's no, I, I like he that too. Hates that. I like that like too. Food. 
Um, no, I, I do like food. I'm rather picky. I don't know if I'd be eating scorpions. And oh, man, I would. This monsters. made me want to try so scorpion. Good. Yeah, no, right? it's not real. Like, Mandrake is actually no, poisonous. Scor- like, don't scorpion. eat it. Like, people eat scorpions. People sure. eat scorpions all the time. Sure, yeah. I mean, I know I do. Um, I ate cactus today. How was that? It's true. the second time I've had cactus in the last week. Was it succulent? Mm, no, I mean, kind of. <laughs> hey! Oh, I see where you're going there. Yeah, it's funny. Yeah. Anyway, back to the book. It was in like trail mix. It was dry. Oh, that's good. chewy. Oh, hey. it was chewy. That's me. Did it twice. Uh, uh, so I really like. I really like that. Um, like I love recipe comics just in general. Mm-hmm. I find them very enjoyable and and very fun. Um. And I, I just the the setting is so ridiculous, but at the same time mundane. And I really yeah. like that combination of of the sort of fantastic and the mundane. Yeah. Um. I I brought like a cooking book like two episodes ago. I just yeah, realized. you did. I was um, saying umami. Yeah. And so and I I just love like this one is even is is like a kind of a di- different direction than umami was. Yeah. But just the the like beautifully rendered food. Which is makes, always then, amazing in every. And then all the anime. like, all the like lines with like, you know, the diagrams that tells you exactly what it is. Like, yeah. oh, this is actually part of this fruit, and this is part of <clears throat> this beastie that we killed, and this is how we cooked it, and and we got the oil from the from the trap that he triggered, and then we caught it in the walk that he happens to carry. Um, it's just this book is great. I love that. I love that there that there's this this guy who's a knight who's just like my secret dream is to eat. Yeah, is to eat monsters, <laughs> and then there's this wizard who's like, "That's super gross." That's and gross. Then so they, weird. And they're, then they're he's monsters. like, "I'm gonna eat this monster." And this dwarf's like, "Dude, what are you doing? Don't do it that way." <laughs> and he's that like, the right way "What? To do, it. do you know how to eat monsters? Tell me." And the dwarf's just like, "Yeah, no, let's do it like this." And he's like, "Join our party. Let's be our best friend. We're we're best friends now." So yeah. I think I think oh man, yeah. I I love it. I loved every every morsel. The I, character designs are super great too. I think the important question, Alan, is yeah. in D and D. Yeah. What if someone were to eat a monster? Is this something that is doable? Can I can I take monster meat in the future for okay. food? Well, okay. we we encountered this with the yeah, right? <laughs> with the manticore. What? Is, Remember, we were like, well, did you eat you eat didn't it? eat the yeah, manticore? We, no, we decided not to. I we decided not to. I asked you if we could, and then you said the the meat smells rotten and this and that, and we're like, eh, it's probably not. So I good. think you guys left it out for a day. That's can, why. Can I think one also eat you were ma- saying like, I don't want to deal with this. Can one? Eat a magical creature also, yes. and gain its magical abilities. No. Wow. Can one? That's gain... just bad science. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Can one gain tastiness from it? Yeah, absolutely. Actually, here's the thing: is I was look, I was reading this, and I was thinking about it, and I knew, I knew for a moment that Chewie, but also Ryan, might want to go into this into like in a game. So I was thinking, all right, if I was forced to come up with some sort of cooking thing, for <laughs> like some sort of like cooking, uh. uh uh, I don't know system as it were mm-hmm. like taking bits of monsters and then combining them and oh, then man. making dice roll into it and then benefits so of the food it. that it would give you yeah and then I thought about it, I'm like well wow has a cooking system and I've been into that oh, no. I wonder if I can just import that system into D&D and my my brain was going for like 15 minutes trying to figure out I mean, how to make this work breath of the wild you just turn on you just turn on the wild similar yeah and we just fire up cooking mama like while right? we're playing D and D, yeah, I think we just like pause the game that we're playing the campaign and just play like Cooking Mama for a little bit. <laughs> I think happens. I think it's interesting because we've read a few different D and D based books because on I, the show because yeah. you keep bringing them, especially recently. Uh, and this is the one that, like, on the one hand, calls out like 
here's a drawing of everybody's inventory of all the different things that they have. And like, he's like, Oh, we need money. You guys sell all your stuff and then I'll buy supplies and I'll right. go in alone. Like, like it's, it's the one that actually treats, you know, abstracts it a little bit more as if it was an, a role playing game. It's like, here's our assets. Here's our, you know, list of all of the things we've got and stuff like that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's the one that, that like the monster battles are of no consequence. They're not of no consequence, but like they're not the, the main it, focus. Yeah, in all the other ones, it's like, oh, we're gonna fight this monster, and this one, it's like, we're gonna eat it. So first, that means we have to kill it. <laughs> yeah. Which is which gives you like your little encounter and them trying to figure out like how to kill this thing. Um, but then the rest of it's just here's how we make food. And I remember, I think I brought we t- we had this discussion when I brought Food Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you guys remember that book. It was the the kid who uh, his dad was a famous chef. Yeah, yeah. And, and he, he's gonna the food was the super give, uh, so, so good it gave people chills. Yeah, feelings. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and we were we just kept talking about how good the food looks. Yeah. <clears throat> and I feel like that carries over to this too. It's yeah. just for some reason the anime food looks so delicious. The, yeah, gorgeously rendered black and white. I felt bad for the mushroom man. I'm just gonna say. It. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> no, man, he looked delicious. Those feets, the feet. <laughs> they got a weird smell, but they taste so good. But they taste so good. Um, the feet is my favorite. <laughs> he's just dangling. They have to cut off the butt. Well, um, yeah, they're like, don't eat the butt. Yeah, <laughs> they just straight up call it that. Yeah. I felt bad for the mushroom man. <laughs> the mushroom man. The I mushroom man. I liked man. him. He was, he was I, I, cute. Yeah. No. I, and like I said, I I read I read on, and oh man, oh, it man. just keeps getting. So much better, yeah. And, and uh, like the Mandrake's part, it that's way in the future is just it's fantastic because oh man. Well, they do a really good job of sort of like making the characters learn things and get better. Yeah. Why at the same time, like getting, they're also becoming food, but also like it's ridiculous. Also, yeah. Like it's 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 dumb and funny, and there's food, and like there's actual character development. Yeah, I I, I, I think that that's an elegant sort yeah. of combination of ingredients in the story. <laughs> uh, I also like the fact that um, <coughs> don't don't yum? do that. Is that a that was a nom? I was just making food. Oh, noises. food noises. She doesn't like it. <laughs> uh, I was gonna say something else and I forgot what it was. Um. <laughs> <laughs> nope, I forgot. Right. It's gone. It's this gone is, forever. This is comics are great for things like this. Yeah. This yeah. is not uh, the thing I love about comics is like you can write about food in prose, yeah. but drawing food and making it look delicious, there's nothing that beats it. Mm-hmm. But also like, hey, I'm gonna make a story where it's Thunder Dragons characters and they cook and eat monsters. Will you pay me millions of dollars so I can make it into a TV show? No. Yeah. We won't do yeah. That. That's the other thing is like, this can we make it into a feature film? No, nobody's gonna go see that. But but it, it, it manga is the perfect is the perfect venue for it. Uh, and I, I'm sad because it uh it doesn't have an anime. Yeah, I really want to watch this. Is uh, Food Wars yeah. have an anime? It does. Oh yeah, oh, okay. it's real popular too. Um, and uh, uh, which I think has because this has two things. Number one, Food Wars is an incredibly popular anime, sure. and, and people yeah, love yeah. it. Is that the um, one with the pineapple rice? There's like a pineapple yeah, yes, rice thing. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, I'm pretty I sure. can't remember. Mm. Um, it involved tentacles in the first chapter. I watch. Uh, a, I watch a YouTube channel that does like 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 cooking from movies and TV shows. Shout out to Benjamin. Pineapple Gavish. fried rice is like. A and they made, but they made like a thing like they used a pine like what they did in the show, which is like use a pineapple uh, and then take it off, it. and then there's like rice shaped like a pineapple with like the thing. It looked like a little yellow pineapple. Mm. Uh, so the other thing delicious. that's the other thing that's really popular right now <laughs> is uh, animes and mangas that have to do with. Um, 
basically living in an RPG world. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, there's yeah, like, like a dot hack and, and all yeah, that dot hack, but, but different. There's one called Konosuba and there's one called Knights and Magic, where essentially it's the same premise: is somebody dies and they end up in like this. Uh, they come face 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 uh, face to face with like an angel or a deity and says, "Hey, look, you're dead in this world, but if you want." You can go live in this other world, which is basically just an RPG. In this realm of might and magic. Exactly. And you go and the and the kid goes and, and you know, hilarious hijinks ensue. But I feel like this is two those two things. It's food wars and then that genre put together. Yeah. Which is which is amazing. Yeah. Because I like the fact that in a fantasy comic, you can get real nitty gritty with like the rules of the world like that mm-hmm. that European medieval medieval yeah, fantasy, yeah. which makes things a little dark and weird. Lord but, of in, rings. but yeah. But in a, a, a in a world that's based off of fantasy video game, mm-hmm. it's oh we have classes and magic, yeah, yeah, yeah. and you can just rest and heal all your hit points, and it just eliminates so many narrative problems. Yeah, uh, and makes it super fun to read, which is why I think this one's fun. Yeah, it, it reminds me a little bit also of um, Wonton Soup, which is a really early James Stokoe book, which is basically it's like it's like Food Wars but science fiction. Where he's really? in space cooking space food. Oh, really? That sounds pretty awesome. Uh, but it, but it's it's so it's kind of like the same idea of this with like mytho- mythological ingredients, faking you know imaginary ingredients, but then like food wars where it, it ends up being like a showdown among chefs at a chef right. school. Uh, but I think if you liked this, you'd probably really like that. Makes uh, sense. That one's written originally in English. That's an American manga esque story. Right. Uh yeah, so I'm glad you guys liked it because I thought it was really fun. So where do we get it? Um, it looks like uh, do in my researching when I was trying to see what I could find about it. Yeah, uh, a lot of people call it dungeon meshi. Meshi, yeah, it's the Japanese name. It, um, but, uh, but I think that just means dungeon food. I didn't know that actually. I don't. I don't. That speak makes Japanese sense. at all. So I uh, I'm just on wrong. Amazon, which is also the people that, that, that. own uh, Comicsology, and there are five volumes of it. Each one is like ten to ten to fifteen bucks, depending on how new the volume is. All right, so pretty um, standard. So my recommendation is to just get it off there, unless you can find it digitally. There's a Kindle edition, so looks I wonder like, if there's a Comicsology version. It looks like is Yen it? Press has the license in the U.S. or in North America. <clears throat> no is wonder it, it doesn't have a lot of so uh, it's not visibility. Yeah. Do we know if uh, it's it's only the five volumes, or is it like currently ongoing, or is it like contained in those five volumes? Uh, according to Wikipedia, to it is five volumes currently, as in still being worked on. Uh, yeah. The last one came out in 2017, so yeah, which makes okay. sense. So there's probably it looks like they're. February 2017, August 2017. So they're probably doing them every six months. So we'll probably get one maybe right. this year. Oh, cool. yeah. Comixology does have it. Nice. Uh, it looks like if I touch so on it's this. it's Dungeon Meishi or Seven Dungeon bucks on Comixology for the... E- dungeon. Delicious in Dungeon. Delicious in Dungeon as it is on Comixology. Each volume, and there are three of them currently available, is six ninety nine each. Oh, not bad. Not bad for I, a full I, volume. I wish I would have thought of this... this uh, He's a, a dwarven, a dwarven cook, barbarian guy. I, I wish I would have thought of him. I wish he would have been my like a character that I came up Should with. We we're gonna start a new campaign. No, I know, but now I can't just copy this guy. Why not? That sounds great. Can. I think most of us want you to at this point. Oh man, I mean, I did. I really did want to eat a lot of things in the last campaign. <laughs> I want a lot to eat. It looks like Comicology only has the first four volumes. Uh, three but, is what I'm seeing. No, and then they have a single issue that's technically the fourth volume. Oh, I see. Um, but yeah, they're probably coming out though. It takes time to translate books. 
in an official translation. Get a get a good official translation unless you can read kanji, in which case good for you, but that's not me. Dude, this is so good. Read this. <laughs> it this is. is such a good book. It's fun. Cool. All right, guys. So, moving on to Chewie's book. Yes, it is I. I've seen Chewy. this book for a long time, but I've never read it. Yeah, I remember the first time I heard about it was at a, um, I don't know if it was Comic-Con or WonderCon. It was a panel uh, in which uh, Mark Wade uh, talked about his upcoming book, Irredeemable. Hmm. Um, and here we are now reading this no longer upcoming, but like a well-established book called Irredeemable. This is Irredeemable uh, number one on Boom Studios, uh, Mark Wade and Peter Krause, uh, in which the world's mightiest hero becomes its most villainous villain for some reason. And that's where the story starts. Now I'm going away for no reason. So it's it's kind of a it's kind of a classic like super like mar or uh, what do you call it like a DC takeoff where it's like oh this guy is clearly Superman this guy's kind of a Batman yeah, yeah. and this guy's but uh, but then it's like oh this guy's Iron Man mm-hmm. um and, but it does something you know just like Watchmen just like other stuff. That you could never do in a DC book. You could never do in a in a in a Superman book is make Superman turn into a homicidal maniac. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's messed just, up, dude. Yeah, it's super messed up. Yeah, like it starts and he's just straight up atomizing people. He's, he's just straight up burning just, fools, just killing children, just skeletonizing children with his <laughs> eyes. I know people who uh, aren't into superheroes because they're too goody two shoes, and I feel like this would be a story that I could share that would be like, yeah. Let's look at Superman if he just murders children. Yeah. You just show him this, show him dry spell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, th- this is, I, it's been, the premise of it made me interested to read it for a while and I just never got around to it. And so here we are. I figured I don't bring, you know, like capes and masks super often. Um, and when I do, I try to put my own flavor on it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And I think this has a little saison de chewy here. Saison. Saison. I think so. I think I, I like when you bring superhero books with a with a touch of the, the evil in it. The macabre. Uh, I also like how we don't know we don't know what caused this. Right. Yeah. This, this book is dark, you guys. Like it's, it's a Mark Wade it's, book, but it's dark. It's dark. Yeah. It's uh, up. the fact that that like seventy five percent of this issue is told through uh, what turns out to be a dead person. Or his memories, possi- like part partially, dead. partially yeah. dead. He's like it's it's the vi- it, it, it's essentially this kid's like the vision kind of. He's yeah. like I I don't know. He's some or or he's like Doctor Manhattan. I I don't know what he is. He's yeah. something. It's 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 weird. Um, it's good though. Uh, I don't know. So I was kind of frustrated with the book because it feels like okay, it grinds explain. to a halt halfway through. It kind of does. Like it starts off really, really strong, and it's like it's like a roller coaster that does this. Goes up. He's drawn with his finger. Now he's going straight. And then you hear that. And then it's just straight. Yeah. And then there. So and then, the oh, oh, I'm sorry. The and then is, it cuts off, and the, the the train drops to the ground. Yeah. Because it never goes. The anywhere. second half of the book is all the heroes like trying to figure out what happened, not really getting satisfying answers, and then he shows up and they all run. And and it's just like it's just like five or six, ten pages of them being like, "Do you remember?" And the guy being like, "No, I don't remember." They're like, "Well, what about do you remember this?" No, I don't remember. Do you remember this? And then you know, it's like 
in in the process it's introducing us to all these other characters and to a little bit of the history of it but it's it's whew, second of this book is dry it's very dry it's 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 sort of a it's sort of a ramp yeah like it, it's definitely ramping yeah no i mean it's it's setting up the rest of the collection and setting up the rest of the first arc that makes sense you, you've got to have that but i don't know mark wade come on man i expect a better from you i guess <laughs> that's fair uh, I don't know. It seems like a pretty. Uh, it seems like a, a Mark Wade type of writing. Like Mark Wade definitely likes to play the, the coy, uh, close to the chest type deal. You sure. know, until yeah, stuff yeah. hits the fan, in mm-hmm. which case then he'll let it all kind of just explode. But uh, I definitely feel like this is pretty par for the course, all things considered. Um, I don't. I don't know how to feel about this book because I don't like the evil superhero, like genre. Uh-huh. Like it, it's. It definitely feels like every once in a while a superhero who's making a, a, he it, said wearing the Deadpool shirt. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there's a difference between anti-hero and evil superhero. That's true, that's true. Like a turncoat kind of thing. Yeah. Sure. Um mostly because it seems unnecessary. It's like this is why we have villains. Mm-hmm. Anti-heroes, you know, at least ride that line where they're more uh, chaotic neutral and they can choose to do good things or they uh-huh. can choose to be weird. But evil superheroes are always more of a well, I used to be good, but now I'm bad. And there's nary a reason why that occurs. It's mm-hmm. almost always mind control or parasite or doppelganger. Um, or I guess I don't know what it is in this case, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Invincible does a decent job of it. Eventually. Invincible does like a really weird version of it. A brutal. Yeah. Um, which, but that's that's within the first volume, also, isn't it? Nah, I, mean, that's I think it's in the second volume. I can't remember. So I think what it, I, you know, like I, I hadn't really thought of it, but yeah, like what? So what's the difference between a superhero gone evil and like an antihero or or a villain? Because at what point do you go from hero to villain? Um, and and I think maybe the question is in almost all these scenarios when it's one of these types of characters, it, it it's a superhero that's so powerful that no matter what at the end of the day is going to come out on top and, and justice will prevail. Right. Right, Yeah. So they always tend to have in some way or shape or form an upper hand over their, you know, villain counterparts. So I guess the question that maybe is being posed and maybe not always posed uh, correctly or explored correctly, but the question is, so what if this, the the most powerful person, and I think we can look at it, but like Superman, you know, Superman is like the most powerful. It's almost always some sort of Superman. It's what, what would happen if they weren't, if they didn't have that moral compass, if they, if they weren't aligned to good, um, you know, like think about it, it's, it's the worst case scenario, paranoia sort of thing. And, you know, then the question becomes, so what type of story are you telling? You know, is it how we can rally together to overcome anything and the true power is within us if we work together, mm-hmm. you know, or some other thing, who knows, you know, and, and I guess we'll find out. In this case, but I think maybe that's kind of the appeal there. Yeah, is the everything's gone upside down, right? And and it might be one of those things where it's such a it's such a specific character um, personality type yeah. that once you see it two or three times, then you're really struggling. I feel like to find motivations for it because mm-hmm. we've seen it here, we've seen it in Invincible, we've seen it in uh, Red Sun. We've seen it in. Uh, help me out, guys. I'm sure if you can think of anything else. Um, I feel like I've seen this a hundred. Yeah, times I mean, over. It's the Superman 
or uh, the Batman Doom that that arc. Yeah, they made that Justice League Doom movie about. There was mm. some other analogous Batman uh, Watchmen. Yeah, we've seen a little bit in Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's just different ways to do the same thing, and I don't feel like this particular book in the first outing in its first issue does a good job to differentiate. But I mean, I, I think you could argue that different ways to do the same thing is comic superhero books, books yeah, like superhero comics. Yeah, but but, but I, yeah, I see where you're going. Like it, it feels well, like it's not actually, and maybe we just don't get enough of whatever even the superhero Superman analog's name. I don't remember what his name is. I, we don't we don't get any of the him. Plutonian. Okay, sure. Yeah, the Plutonian. We don't get any of him, and I feel like maybe if we did get a little bit of him, we would have more justification or understanding of why. Yeah. Or any sort of idea of why. Actually, the. What you just said about uh, that being all superhero books is really interesting because I was just talking to Jonah today about um, why because we're watching the the newest season of My Hero Academia just started. Um, it's in like uh, episode four, and every time we're watching it, it's a lot of the same shonen anime tropes that at this point you guys know about also. But there's something about that show that even though it doesn't change a whole lot about the tropes themselves. It plays it in such a way that it's really interesting. Um, like, for example, the characters, like the main character is a kid and they don't let him be overpowered. He gets the, you know, the snot kicked out of him all the time. And even all the adult heroes are doing all the work. It's sort of like a young justice type situation there. Um, the powers and uh, and stuff that they're dealing with, it isn't, they aren't like ninjas or mutants or anything like that. They're superheroes, which I feel like takes a slight twinge on that but also gives them this weird moral code. So it takes away a lot of that. I mean, there's still edgy characters in there, but it takes yeah. away some of that too. And I'm just thinking about if my hero can be, you know, a new type of the same thing, then that's totally possible for other uh, genres like the evil superhero. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this particular one either just doesn't do it in enough time in the first issue. Like maybe it needs more time for that. Um, or, uh, maybe this is not the book that does that thing. Mm-hmm. So I, I could be wrong or, or, you know, whatever on that. But I do think like, it's possible, but uh, you do make a good point on that also. Just kind of repetition, the same thing, but different. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so I, <laughs> I was looking at the copyright statement at the beginning of the book. Mm-hmm. And uh, let me just read it. April 2009, published by Boom Studios, Irredeemable's copyright Boom Studios, Boom Studios, and the Boom logo are trademarks of Boom Entertainment, registered in various countries and all categor- and categories, all rights reserved, the characters and events depicted herein are, not, are fictional. Any similarity to actual persons, demons, antichrists, aliens, vampires, face suckers, or political figures, whether living, dead, or undead, or any actual <laughs> or supernatural events is coincidental and unintentional, so don't come whining to us. <laughs> That's really funny. It's good. Ian, have it's you great. talked about this book at all? This is when uh, uh, not really. I Mark mean, Wade was was in charge of Boom. Yeah. Look, I'm a sucker for I'm a sucker for superheroes. So it, for the most part, I really I enjoyed the book as far as as far as what we've got. However, I feel like this is a really good one for like read for the trade because yeah. I feel like yeah. this story can t- where it cuts off where it does. I'm just like. It, it hooks, but not deep enough to make me go, well, I got to read the rest of this. It, it's more like, that's cool. If I had more of it right now, I'd read it, but I'm done. Yeah. Like, I like the idea of like a, a, a super good hero that's like, like I love the idea of Captain America 
going evil. That's why everyone's like, oh, you can't do that to Cap. I'm like, but it makes it an interesting story, doesn't it? People are going to maybe buy the comics now. Like, the same thing with Superman. You can't make Superman evil. Guess what? He probably won't be evil together So or forever. How do you do that without having to get those people on, on board or get those people angry? You make up another superhero well, that's I just love, like him. Yeah. I, love, <laughs> I actually really enjoy superhero stories where it's sort of like the serial numbers are filed off. Yeah. Uh, and they and they it has like the obvious analogs, but they can they yeah. can sort of play with it and and be a little right right. Uh, and I mean it's 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 not that different. Uh, I mean, well, I guess I don't want to preview injection too much, but it's sort of the same idea. Sort of. Uh, and I and I enjoy when you can kind of throw things together that you wouldn't get a chance to throw thing throw together usually. Yeah. Uh, and I even like it when when Marvel and DC do that. Yeah. Where they like create sort of obvious analogs of the esteemed competition's characters right. to have their characters beat on them and stuff. It's it's kind of entertaining. Right. Yeah. So I I mean I enjoyed it Chewy. I would read more of it in a trade. I would say say if you are going to read this book, check out a trade. I bet you'd be worth the extra money. Right. Yeah. I I I'm interested to check it out um with more of it in my hand. Cool. So where can people check this out? Um, it's, it's out on boom. So it, it's going to be pretty, and, and at this point, you know, it's collected and all that jazz. So it's going to be pretty it's, easy it's to like find a, almost a 10 year old book. Yeah. 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 It, it's, you'll find it. Um, you know, you can find it electronically, um, in print, you know, brick and Morty, all that sort of stuff. Cool. All right. Well, uh, I believe I am the, like the first volume here. is on, uh, comics all unlimited. Ooh, nice. Uh, there you go. So that's that's a really first easy way to sign up for three that. Three volumes, first four volumes. Ooh, nice. There you go. Um, so uh, I brought a Marvel book this time for my book uh, to, to wrap us up here. Uh, I brought a book that I have been wanting to check out for a while because I like the character and I like the writer. So I figured let's give it a shot. Uh, so I brought the first issue of Peter Parker, the Spectacular Spider-Man, uh, written by our good old pal Chip Zdarsky and artist uh, Andy Kubert. Uh, it's the start of a new kind of side Spider-Man series. Usually the correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, but like usually the side series like Spectacular Spider-Man and all that stuff, they are not like. Sometimes there's different stories or smaller stories or not necessarily the same stuff you'd see in the main continuity where it's like yeah. super deep and heavy. Just like, like just like Batman. It's like they've got the serious continuity yeah. Batman and then they have like I mean, for a while it was Batman Confidential and then it's yeah they have like the other one and so I think that like this is a good book for Chip because it lets him do like a more funny side of Spider-Man mm -hmm. like the I think the what the biggest conflict in this one is that he has a girl offer his number to her, her number to him yeah and I was he, like, say, like what happens in this book uh, it's it, see the thing uh, that's that's the thing that's the, now that's the issue I have with the book is that it just does a lot of and then this and then this and then this he stands up his his friend and then there's a lot of yeah and then there's it's like a, an episode of Seinfeld with Superman with Spider Man yeah there's it. a lot of jokey bits but like it doesn't string together super well as a comic does I mean <clears throat> I I think I think it's funny but I don't think it's like super. The, the the fact that there's like an evil Iron Man or something just comes out of the blue, like really where like out of left field at the end uh, to where it's like, I don't even know why that happened. Well, I mean, that was all because like he had this weird like yeah, the weird hack cell phone. Thing. You can't hack him. Yeah. Sort of thing. So I'm like, OK, that part makes sense. I, to me. What the, what this book does is it's like the whole thing is like, oh, man, Spider-Man stuff is like so crazy and, and he's got all this crazy stuff in there and like his whole thing is like, I just want just a regular hang out with my buddy. We're eating some food. We're going to go watch a movie later and just regular like stop a, a, a purse snatching sort of thing. Just low key 
Like, it doesn't have to be overly involved. His whole thing is that. And he finds something that he's like, all right, something low key, just a weird little tech mystery. But he he latches onto it and, and digs deep so deeply that it pulls him away from the other stuff that he was saying he didn't have time for. And, and what pulls him away is something that he says is simple and would allow him time. So maybe, and I don't know, I haven't read the rest of it. So for me, maybe, maybe the whole thing is like, well, he makes his own problems. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's kind of I mean, like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I enjoyed, I enjoyed the jokiness in the book. I think that chip really knows how to write the character of Spider-Man. Um, mm. but like the plot layout for this book was a little rough for me, even for me. Like, um, it just, it, it kind of did feel like, and then, and then, and then, as opposed to like, this happens. And then because of this, this happens. And because of this, sister this happens. shows up. Yeah. He has a sister. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Apparently. Well, See, that clearly that's the... somebody evil pretending to be his sister. Sure. I mean, that's pretty obvious. Or is sure. it? Or is it? Uh, who knows? Or is he the evil well, this one? This isn't like a new book, right? Yeah. Uh, this, this is, is a, a new, new book. book. Oh really? Yeah, this is from like last year. That's why there's no. Oh Fantastic well, last Four. year. Yeah, like late last year, but like it's pretty recent in the last like. I think there's the last a. Tra- year. I think there's one trade of it so far. Yeah, um, and I think the artist maybe have switched. I think maybe well, yeah, Andy Cub- Andy Kubert is or Adam Kubert. Yeah, Adam Kubert. He's an in-demand artist. Yeah, um, but like I. I don't know. I enjoyed. I enjoyed the bits. I I think Chip knows how to write the character of Spider Man, but the story didn't really grab me all that much. It it kind of it kind of it, it. I think it was trying to be like a day in the life of Spider Man, but it it didn't. It it wasn't enough. It was kind of like a weird day in the life of Spider Man, <laughs> and not maybe that's the intention. I don't know. It just it just didn't really for, for me being a big Spider Man fan. It didn't really grab me either. I was kind of like okay. That's nice, but like I didn't really. There's not really. That was cool that we got to see some neat gadgets, and there's some some tech guy we've never heard of before. That's pretty neat. The Mason, um, yeah. but the like Tinkerer's yeah. brother, he's like, the mad, the terrible Tinkerer's brother. The jokes are good. It was it was silly. Had some funny bits in there, like how Ant Man couldn't grow much taller funny than this because his head, his head, his uh, his helmet that was broken. Was good. That part was pretty silly. Um, but like and yeah, but like overall, yeah, that was who okay. is a Watu Johnson. Hmm. Yeah, like I really wanted to. I was like, oh man. Isn't Uwat- is Uwatu the name of the Uwatu watcher? Uwatu is the name of watcher. the watcher, yeah. Is that the new watcher? No, but he's just some kid. Yeah, but didn't the old watcher get killed? Look, man. Oh, I guess I have no so. Idea. Was he like, there was, a whole, yeah. there was a whole bit, the whole comic about the. I didn't, I didn't read it. See, I think that's the other thing, too, is this relies on a lot of pre existing new Marvel continuity. Yeah, like, but like, the fact- I think Chip, like, Chip likes playing around inside of it. Yeah, yeah I think he I does. Mean, he, he's doing almost a Grant Morrison level of just. Because, like, like yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know that was Johnny Storm at first because I'm like, where's the blue costume? And then I forgot, oh, yeah, that's right. The Fantastic Four don't exist right now. <laughs> yeah, because he even does a thing where he, like, mentions, he's like, oh, well, whatever, except for, like, nightclubs or whatever. And then there's a little, like, like oh, back in issue this and this deep pull chip, you know like yeah. Um, I did enjoy that part where he's like, oh, I got six arms. Like yep, from like Spider Man, Amazing Spider Man number one hundred from way back when. Here uh, I'm like, yeah. oh yeah, that that's a that's a weird pull. <laughs> yeah. So I I don't know for me like I I, I liked you know some of the jokey bits. Um, maybe you know the, those little uh, writers notes are a little bit meant to be like an homage to you know like back in the day. Where they would do that for me, it was a little bit much, um, you know. But I, I thought I thought it was entertaining. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I don't know that it really gripped me beyond what what's going on here necessarily. Um, the backup story, however, so Owatu Jackson, his parents are just huge fans of Fantastic Four. 
in, okay. in in continuity in Marvel. Earth oh. 16, 616. His parents are just huge fans of Fantastic Four named Uatu. He's a smart guy who used to be Peter Parker's co-worker. Okay, then. Sure. I was curious. I looked it up. All right. right. Well, there you go. Makes sense. So the backup story where Black Widow just shows up and pummels him. Yeah. Yeah. Because it was like they're testing out his spidey sense and like why. And and then like definitely this guy who needs this data, like he's not on the F and up. Yeah. I mean, he's like technically shield, but like, come on, man. He's like almost... He almost has like a pointy like mustache and like a pointy beard and <laughs> there's a tail there somewhere. Sure. I, I imagine so. they'll continue in the backups of this. I think that I think that I really like Chip Zdarsky's quips of Spider Man while Spider Man is fighting. Yeah. It's almost my best my favorite part. Yeah. Uh because he's it the book's really wordy. It's a really, yes. really wordy book. Yes, and it is. I think that that's kind of how Spider Man is sometimes yeah i can't spider-man is super wordy sometimes but chip just likes to like he basically just likes to write stand-up into his comics and so you gotta have the setup and then the punch and then the follow-up and then the callback you know what i mean yeah like that's that's his jam and so that creates a lot of words yeah it's really entertaining if you're into it um and i kind of am for the most part um but it does create a lot of words to kind of do the whole uh um, to go through the whole vaudevillian like yeah, the jokey didn't 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 exactly the song and dance as it were yeah sure yeah. sure um what do you guys think of the art in the book i mean it's kubert art <laughs> that's there's a, there's like, a school yeah the kubert art school mm. he's clearly a graduate mm-hmm. <laughs> uh it's, it's not can i get a little can i get a little history lesson on on kubert sure he's he created the Kubert Art School of Comics Art. He's he's a he's a Marvel guy from way back. Well, the, uh, this his is, dad. This is yeah, Adam, Adam Kubert, his Kubert. son, or maybe Joe it's grandson. like a John Romita, John Romita Jr. situation. Yeah, it is Joe Kubert, uh, I believe. Andy Kubert is um, no, you know what? Let's see. Is it Andy? I thought it was Joe. So this one is written by Adam. Adam and Andy are both comics artists. Um, Joe Kubert is yeah. the one who founded the school. Um, I mean. It it is a three year technical school that focuses on sequential art specifically for doing comics. Uh, a ton of people have. I like how both of us looked at Alan right now. Don't look at me. I've never been to art school. <laughs> it is a it is a for comic a for profit school specifically that does one thing. Is it like are there online classes, Ryan? How can we get our friend Alan know. here enrolled in the school? <laughs> For online, for sequential art. I don't have an answer for you. Well, we'll look into that. I didn't know that such a thing existed, to be quite honest. Uh, so I didn't know there was a, a school yeah. of sequential art. So Joe Kubert like is Adam Kubert's dad. Andy Kubert is his brother. And they're just all like comics artists. Really good there comics go. guys. Runs yeah. in the family. They've worked for both. He Adam Kubert has worked for both Marvel and DC. Uh, he's just, he's a guy. Wow. Well, but yeah, the uh, the art I, I really actually like the art a lot in this book. Um, yeah. I'm not a big fan of Spider-Man costume changes, but I like the subtle changes they made here. It works. I like how they comment on his costume being different, even. Yes. Yeah, like oh, the costume looks a little cooler, but besides that, you're still kind of not cool. <laughs> I mean, that's that's Spider-Man for you. And the the colors are really good. Yeah, I I think I think uh, I don't know. I also like the uh, who did the art in the backup. Uh, that is Goran Parlov. I like that too. Like he definitely gets the like. 
classic Spider-Man look down yeah. pat, but still using that new costume. But it looks like almost like like what like Ramita Spider-Man. Yeah, like classic old school. Spider-Man. Yeah, like 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 second wave. Not like not Ditko, but like yeah, Ramita Spider-Man. It has that like certain look to it, like the head, the way the head is shaped and the body is shaped. Uh, I think I think there's a very very like on model uh, Spider-Man there, which I really like. So. Anyway, well, if you like Spider-Man books, check it out. It's uh, a fun, jokey it's a fun Spider-Man. jokey Spider-Man book. Yeah, if you're looking for something that's not so serious and like, oh, Mary Jane, why? Like, like heavy, deep. That's how Spider. That's what Spider-Man's become. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, oh, uh, yeah. Oh, that's how it is. Uh, you could check out. I mean, I don't know. That's the last time I was reading Spider-Man when he was like, "I'm gonna die," and then the doc, doc, doc. What we talked last last time about. Um, but now, like. I don't know. This this seems a little more fun and a little more jokey. I've also good things about the book. I was going to bring that one too, called Spidey, which I guess is like modern retellings of classic Spider-Man stories oh, for, fun. for like young adults or for kids. Um, so I might look into that one in the future. But for now, uh, yeah, if you guys want to check this out, it's available on Comixology anywhere Marvel books are sold, so you can find that. Uh, yeah, and so that is going to wrap us up for Here's My Issue this time. And now we move on to First Prince, in which we read uh, a uh, comic book, a graphic novel, a collection, uh, something that's maybe a little bit older, something maybe it's a little bit newer, uh, something that we feel is good if you are just getting into comics or have been out of comics for a while and uh, you want to jump back in. So, Ryan, it was your turn. and it was. You, pro- you promised us a weird book. I did. Did I deliver? No. Really? No. It was weird, but this is not the weirdest thing you brought. No, I didn't say it was the it's weirdest not habitat. thing. I, I, the way you sold it last, I was like, am I going to weird you guys out? I'm like, is this uh, just going to be like 120 pages of Ancestor? Uh, what am sorry, I going to okay. read? Yeah. All and right. the other thing, too, that is when I see the name Warren Ellis, my standard for, for weird, weird goes is up. like a lot higher. He, he's like, right. All right. However, I will say this. For, well, tell us about the book, and then I'm going to give sure. you my, my brief critique. critique. Uh, so I brought uh, the first trade of Injection. Written by Warren Ellis with art by Declan Shelby and colors by Jordi Belair. Um, I really, I've been wanting to bring this for a while and I'd read, I had intended to bring the first issue for our first print, um, but the first issue never grabbed me. Uh, and it wasn't until I read the trade that I really got into this and I was like, all right, well, I, I guess I'm going to have to force these guys to read the you, whole you trade. Brought, you were going to bring it for first print or here's my issue. I'm sorry. I was going to bring it for here's my okay. issue. And then, but, but I, I remember if just, you would have brought it for a first print as just the first issue, I'd have been like, this is why, why yeah, did you I remember, do this? I remember reading the first issue and just being like, well, it's weird. Okay. Uh, but then I read the first trade and I was like, this is the best thing that I've read lately. And so I wanted to make you guys read the trade, but it's, it's basically a, um, it's a book that takes place in the, you know, in the now and the slight future in, um, in England. And, uh, it's, it's, a it's one of those sort of like weird metafictional books where, uh, all the characters, there's this sort of team of people who's part of this weird cross cultural, cross cultural contamination unit at some point in the past. And they may or may not have created an invincible super AI that they injected into the internet. Uh, but all the all the characters have sort of like rough British fictional analogs. Um, like there's a character who's definitely Sherlock Holmes. Yeah. There's a character who's definitely James Bond. There's a character who you figure out in the third trade is definitely Doctor Who. Um, and and so it, it's sort of fun watching Warren Ellis bounce these characters off of each other for this really weird story. Um, and it deals with folklore and like whether or not folklore and science are the same thing and. As usual with Warren Ellis, the flow of information comes into play. 
Uh, and so I guess it's it's, it's not as weird as you guys expected it to be, but it's so, it's still I think it's deeper. The weirdness is deeper in so this one. If you would have brought this as a here's my issue with the first issue, I would have been like, what the heck is this? Yeah, this is bad because it just <laughs> it it doesn't explain anything. And I feel like it's almost like it doesn't explain anything because it's trying to reward you for keeping reading. But to me, that would have turned me off instantly. Now, reading sure. this is a trade. Yeah. This book is awesome. Yeah. This trade is great. Like, this is really good. Yeah. Like, once it started, like, the pieces started to come together little by little. Um, and I started to understand what it was that was going on because I was like, what am I reading here? Like, there's mad, there's this weird room where there has this massive thing. They hire this, this, they have this lady come out to help them with problems, but they don't quite say what it is. Yeah. But when they finally like, get to the- Who's the bad guy? Who's the good guy? What's yeah. going on? I feel like in addition to that guy being like Doctor Who, he's also a little bit like Grant Morrison and Alan Moore. And like no, the, no, yeah. that's not the guy who's Doctor Who. Oh, who's, is she the Doctor Who? Uh, no, it's the hacker. The hacker is supposed the to be hacker. Doctor Who. You, you'll if you get, if you get to the third trade, which I just finished over the weekend. Yes. Hmm. I didn't see that. I figured like the the magical no, I, I, dude is I like the last of I his kind was it. more like Doctor Who. No, he's actually uh, based on Karnaki, the Ghost Finder. Okay. Which is uh, who's she supposed to be then? What's her like analog? Oh, the so the the detective in the first one, the red haired detective, is Quartermass. Or okay. similar to Quartermaster was a British detective. It's not that different from Scully in a okay. sense. Yeah, that's yeah. kind of the I got. I, but yeah. but it, that's not actually the touchstone. Um, yeah, for for the for the one dude, I, I figured oh. I figured he was kind of like like a Constantine type oh. of. Okay, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, does more, she? Uh, I'll, I'll ask. We'll talk. We can talk. I, I think I just figured out why she might be why she might be Doctor there's Who. There's three. I, there's I three trades you, of it, and. Each trade focuses on one of the characters. Uh-huh. This one okay. focuses Closes on Maria. Yeah. Uh, the next trade focuses more on Vivek. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then the third trade fo- focuses on Bridget, and that's as much as is out right now. But what, okay, so so then the, the dude then who's like the magical guy, the way he yeah, explains yeah. magic is also kind of the way that like yeah. Grant Morrison. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's, that's like a magic with a K. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like just altering the physical realm and like through ritual and well, and no, summoning. I mean, that, and so that's that's sort of the theme overall yeah. of the book. And it comes through in all of the subsequent issues and the subsequent. It's trades. the it's the one line in Thor where magic yeah, yeah. and science are the same thing. It's just yeah, yeah. beyond your understanding. Yep. 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 Um, it's which all, is it's which almost is like like the whole thing is like if we don't understand it, it's magic. If we do understand it, it's science. Well, yeah. no, there's a great part in in the second trade where he's like where somebody's like, "Do your magic," and he's like, "Look, I don't do magic." Yeah. And then she's like, "Well, what do you do?" He's like, "Well, do you realize, you know, do you acknowledge that maybe science hasn't figured out everything yet?" Yeah. And she's like, "Yes." He's like, "Okay, then, I'm doing science." Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then he summons, you know, a, yeah, something. So yeah. I I really dug the premise of this book once it came together. Uh-huh. Um, I think this is definitely a book that if you do read this, read the trade because it, it oh, rewards yeah. so much for reading the trade. Like I was hooked at the end of this. I was like, I want to know more about this weird super team of people that came together and made this really dumb idea of putting a a uh, a hyper intelligent AI that can alter the fabric of reality into the internet and Oops. just decide to go, yeah, but this is what you wanted, right? This is <laughs> fine. This is right. This is good. You like this, right? You want it to be interesting? Uh, well, this is me punishing you. Like, I, I thought that was awesome. Uh, and also that the narration the entire time, spoiler alert, turns out to be uh, injection was was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just like the, I like the idea of these people being like, 
undone by in a way trying to be undone by their own hubris being like no we're we're man we're fine we're gonna make it fun we're we're a smart bunch of people we we got it figured out let's roll the dice let's you know what let's uh let's flatliners this and just keep killing ourselves and then nothing bad's gonna happen and then bad stuff happens so like I, i really i really dug that about this um yeah like the characters once i kind of started figuring out they were analogs sort of I mean, yeah. I figured out the James Bond one. I mean, I got the Doctor Who one and the and the Sherlock Holmes one. Those are pretty pretty obvious. But like, I like the idea of like a team of different. That's why I like superheroes. I'm realizing like a team mm-hmm. of different people with different abilities coming together and get to see the interplay between those people. Well, yeah, really and that's why that. I was talking about with the Irredeemable because it is it is sort of these characters with the serial numbers filed off. Yeah, like thrown together with this sort of like weird future situation that yeah. they have to deal with. But I, I really, really dug this book, Ryan. I really liked it. That's what I'm saying. Like oh, I was expecting, I was, I was expecting ancestor level weird, and I got this. But it wasn't. It was weird in a way that is like palpable and and super and super good. Not that ancestor isn't, but like in a way that's. I hate to say this. I don't mean this war- with any disrespect. Warren else, it's a little more mainstream once you get like easier, sure. easier to understand. But it's like a higher level. It's like advanced mainstream comics. Like the idea of trying to figure out what science and magic are like. And trying to figure out what's going on here once it starts coming together, you're like, oh, I, I see what's happening. Um, I don't know. It, it's it, it's a good it's a good it's a good trade paperback. It's a good or it's a good trade trade book. Absolutely. Um, I don't know if I I don't know if I, how I would have done this. If this were individual issues. Like yeah, if I was no, collecting. I, I'd be like, I don't know what this is. So, what do you think, Chewy? Sorry, yeah. that's all I have to say. I mean, it's, it's, you know, echoing a lot of the same stuff, just like they had me when they really, you know, kind of use that Thor line. I, I say that Thor line just because, you know, we've seen the Marvel movies and yeah. they have that, you know, like what you call magic or I call like what you call science. We call magic. Arthur, and, Arthur C. Clarke. Um, here, you know, they play around with that a little bit more rather than being like, oh, well, you call it this. I call it this. It's like it's like, no, no, it literally is the same thing. It's just a matter of how well you understand it, mm-hmm. you know, um, like I've, I've asked this quite, I don't know if I've ever actually discussed it with anyone, but I've had these discussions in my head where I've asked myself like, okay, so what happens if they prove Bigfoot is real? Is, is he no longer a cryptid? Because <laughs> like we, we would know what it is and we would have classified it and stuff like that. So technically there can never be a cryptid because, if we know what it is, then, you it's know, not cryptic. Yeah. yeah, it's not, it, et cetera. Um, yeah. So I, I really like the w- way they play around with that. When you, when, when he pulls out that athame or uh, I think that's how I'm, I'm pronouncing it. Oh right. yeah. That, that electric yeah, knife thing. That electric uh, sacrificial, like ritualistic knife. I was like, man, that's awesome. You're taking like this, like really old, like magic and, you know, like mystic thing. And you're, you're not like they're, they're, you're teching it up, you know, but at the same time, I I don't know. It's done in such a way to where you're like, well, it makes sense why you're teching it up. You know, it's like, oh, it's it messes with like electromagnetic fields and this and this and that. Mm-hmm. And that's the basis for things like supernatural and spiritual and stuff like that. So I'm like in a weird way, it's like using science to validate or, or yeah. You're using like magic and the non-verified, you know, facts and stuff like that to to rationalize incorporating science into this thing to make it more, you know, uh, I guess plausible or to make it more uh, relatable or whatever you want to call it. It's it's kind of like when you know people do like the ghost hunting and they use like EMF readers and stuff mm-hmm. like that, and you're like, well, 
okay, fine. You know, if that's the case, then it would make sense that it would follow suit that we'd be able to use these scientific tools to do it and thereby, you know, bring science into it and stuff. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I, I really liked that. Like that just got me like going with it. And then the whole, um, is it Vivek is the, uh, he's the James Bond guy. Yeah. Right? No, no. Vivek is the, no, the, it's Sim. The, Sim's the, yeah, uh, Sim's the James Bond yeah. guy. Um, that whole scene where he's going through and just stuff killing like that, fools, just killing fools. That was, that was awesome. Um, no, I, I really enjoyed it. I like the way that it does kind of play around with that. You get a little bit of um, the background of why things came to be, and you see, yeah, it, it, it all, you know, it's the old adage, you know, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm. Um, so I kind of like that, but it's not, it's not even, I, I kind of disagree, Ian, where it's like, oh, whoa, well, you thought this would be a good idea, so now I'm punishing you. I don't even know that it's so much as I'm punishing you and more of a like, well, here I am. You just made me and just left me, you know, like pay attention. Well, to me. doesn't like, it say I in the exist. book like this is your punishment? Well, saying this is your punishment is different than saying I am punishing you. I at least that's the way I view it. I, I took it as I took it as saying like, like, yeah, like what you're saying, like, look, you have no control over me now. I am like in a way I am stronger than you and I'm going to you want it to be interesting. Okay. Here's interesting. And then that, that's how I see it. It's, it's, I am in control of this. You are not in control. I am better than you. And that's mm. how I took it. It's like, a, I'm punishing you for being, for, for your hubris. You wanted it to be interesting. Well, now you're going to get interesting. Have fun. It's not what you expected. It's like, uh, it's like, it's like the monkey's paw. You made a wish mm. that, but you didn't see, foresee all the consequences of that. That was my, that's, that's my take on it at least. Yeah. But I really enjoyed it overall. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. Alan. Thoughts? Um, art? I, I mean, the otherwise? Art, the art's pretty. Um, I don't know. I, I, Uh-oh. Philosophy problems. Here we go. <laughs> there's so many philosophy problems in there. <laughs> I like a lot of the the points that, uh, that they bring in to the book. I think that the idea that artificial intelligence is not actually intelligence in the sense that it doesn't have base instincts. Like mm. that whole thought and concept blew my mind. I was like, whoa that's a really good point we can make we can teach things and make things that think but we can never teach and make things that act without thinking like that's a specifically like human slash biological living problem yeah and the only way to do that was this thing where he brought this line of code which apparently gave it like base instincts to work out of and then that's what caused the downfall of the ai and i think that's super interesting and causes a lot of other problems um down the road, but also in this whole um, debate about uh, artificial intelligence. Um, but that being said, reading this was like watching the movie Sphere. <laughs> if you guys have ever seen yeah. that movie. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's like it starts real slow. And it, then it just sort of like things start happening, but you don't know what's happening because nobody's talking about what's happening. Mm -hmm. And then at the very end, a thing happens, but nobody's talked about it. And it ends with nobody talking about the thing that just happened. And it's like... Oh, wow. And there, how many different acronyms do you need for a book? There are so <laughs> many acronyms. I can't keep track of who is doing what about anything in this freaking book. It's so frustrating. Um, I think that the baseline, like the A plot. Right, I take that back. The A plot is Mary? Marie? Maria. Maria. Uh, that's the A plot. The B plot is the thing about the injection. 
And I feel like it should have been the other way around. Mm. I feel like the injection, the idea of artificial intelligence, human humanity's stagnation with creativity and you know, the ability to, to create a future that moves forward rather than just stays where it is. That should have been the A plot and the B plot should have been revolving around them discussing this idea. It was sort of presented as, well, if we create this mystery and then we fill you in on the back end, that's going to make it a more intriguing book. But I think it just made it a lot slower and a lot more boring he, to me. Here's a question that I have for for Ryan based on that, just a gut feeling that I have. You mentioned each trade focuses on like a different person, uh-huh. right? Uh, do we get like a, a like a Rashomon type of thing with this like B plot of the injection thing of like this is Maria's recounting of how it all came about and then when we're looking at Vivex it's like well that's Vivex recounting of the same sort of thing not, maybe looking at different angles not an enormous amount oh, it's, okay it's mostly Never mind then. them talking about I'm trying to remember uh, I just read it but. Well, it's just when you when you were mentioning that, Alan, I just thought, I'm like, yeah. oh, I wonder if they're going to do that. Um, I, I, I just think that this book has a lot of really good, cool points, but none of it makes any sense if you read it issue by issue. I also, the, it's not a problem because a lot of comics these days, you know, you write for the trade, but this book should have been a graphic novel. Yeah. I don't feel like it should have been issues based or do it as a graphic novel in chapters and then go back and release it in issues if that's what you want to do. Um, but to expect anybody to read this and enjoy it issue by issue, you would need a very specific subset of reader. Um, one that enjoys procedural, one that enjoys mystery, one that might enjoy some sort of um, uh, eldritch horror. Yeah, I get it. I you, mean, yeah, I'm the target demographic. Man. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not like nothing happens in this book. A lot yeah. happens. It's just... It takes so long to get to the fireworks factory. And then you get to the fireworks factory and it turns out all the fireworks are like, it's actually a flower shop. Yeah. And you're like, well, we made it, but it's not the thing we thought it was. And then they go, wait, no, 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 no. It was the whole time. And like this whole concept. The flowers are fireworks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's sort of like the idea that Whoa. it's magic versus <laughs> science. One's kind of the other one, but science is creating magic. Not even the sense that, like, from what I got in this book, it seems like magic technically exists, at least in a very small subset of mm-hmm. whatever um, uh, this guy does, right? Um, but in general, the stuff that they're dealing with is just the bending of physics. So that would more be science. But then the, the, the injection, the, the science manifestation itself is creating things of magical nature based on science. Mm. So it's got this weird overlap like, wait, are we dealing with eldritch horror? Are we dealing with just hard sci-fi? I I think that, I think, I mean, at least in my opinion, is is that the the thing, the injection, is figuring out the science behind the magic and then working the science. Right. Like solving the magic. Which I think is really interesting because it brings in this concept of what if mag- what if science creates magic yeah. in 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 this in the argument originally in in the thing was that science you don't understand seems like magic but what if science creates magic they create spriggans and fairies and you know whatever else well, it is yeah. is it still technically I, I guess it's still technically science that's, but it's yeah. but it's creating magic but which you could then refer to in of itself it has like an intrinsical magical value. Like the entity has ceased to be scientific and it has now become a label that you can create called mm-hmm. magic. 
And then there's that weird crossover of, well, what's science and what's magic? And then what's this thing in the middle? It's sort of like it's an AI until you give it base instincts. And then once it has base instincts, then it becomes a biological thing. But it's not biological. It has the thoughts and feelings and actions of a biological thing. But it's created as an artificial intelligence. And so that's what I really, really liked about this book is it creates a lot of those gray blurred lines about Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. But once again, the narrative is so ridiculously slow. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's definitely kind of a decompressed storytelling. It's one that even though I I have gotten individual issues, I'd sit on them and then read them as like once the trade is collected i'll sit down and read them all i definitely think this should be a graphic novel like if you're going to give this to somebody if you know somebody that's into this sort of genre or this kind mm-hmm. of comic give it to them as a train yeah. do not even yeah, yeah. bother with issues don't say read this first issue, issue and see if you like it tell them I f- by I the feel train. like the only way that you would want to do that is if you had availability to all the individual issues and you were going to do like one a day sort of thing right like, like to where you didn't have to wait but it's just like okay let me process that and you know like yeah there's may, maybe I, I, yeah. I sat down and read all three of them in a night and it was it was fun it was no I, I'm, there's I'm not, a lot of yeah reading them fast like yeah. that gets you stuff that happens in the first book that makes sense by the third book and yeah i'm, like I'm not i'm not saying you shouldn't do that i'm just saying it, the i feel like the only way this works without sitting down with the trades like that it is very short breaks in between. Like yeah. you're like, okay, I've read issue one. I got the stack of them. I'm I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna go make myself a cup of coffee real yeah. quick. You know. <laughs> I mean that definitely works. I also feel like it's. I've mentioned this on the show before, where um, there are certain shows. Uh, like I feel like uh, Game of Thrones is one of those shows that you shouldn't binge mm-hmm. because each one may or may not have some giant um, revelation at the end of it or or action that changes the course of the show mm. and that you're designed like the, the episode is designed to put that thing in your face and then have you process your feelings yeah, about, it about it before moving forward. Um, and if you're going to read this issue by issue, or maybe that's what that was intended. That would be how I'd recommend reading this, like yeah. read an issue, process it, process your feelings about it. Really, really get a grasp on what happened in that issue and then read another one. We read it straight through, and I feel like it works really, really well yeah, in that in that yeah. circumstance. But it also feels like by the time you got to the end, you're just thinking about how much faster you could have got to the end if you didn't read the beginning. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, so they're so they planned for thirty issues. They just came out with, um, I think, issue fifteen or sixteen. There are three trades collected of it. Uh, it's available wherever com- wherever comics are sold. It's on Image. Um, you can get it digitally from Comixology or from your brick and mortar comic book store uh, injection. Cool. I thought All right. you guys liked that. Well, I did. I, 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 I want to talk more I'm glad about it gave you thoughts and feelings, guys. It yeah, did. lots of That's thoughts and feelings. It did. Um, so there now we move no on. There is no science. There is no magic. There just is. <laughs> All right. Uh, and now we Dark move on to the third is. section of our show uh, where we talk about uh, characters. The four-color character compendium. We talk about superheroes, supervillains. Uh, sometimes we talk about super teams or we talk about the people who make the books, uh, artists and writers. Uh, so it's kind of a history and a vocab lesson for comics all wrapped into one. Ryan, I believe it is your turn. It is. It's my turn. So We're going to talk about a character that who? when I was a kid thought was off. I thought was awesome. Uh, and not just because of his movie, though I did see it in theaters. Of course you did. Um, we're going to talk about the character Steel. <laughs> Oh, uh, John Henry Irons. Oh, God. For the longest time, I didn't even know he was a real comic. 
comic book character. Oh, really? Oh, no, no. Yeah, he oh, was... Man. Uh, he was so, integral after the death of Superman. Yeah, yeah. So that's so Steel is a Superman character uh, from the pages of the Superman book. He's a DC character. Uh, he's actually... He came about in uh, 1993, The Adventures of Superman, number 500 in June 1993 is his first issue. Um, and, and he uh, basically came about immediately in the aftermath of the death of Superman. Uh, his origin story is that he was a, um, a you know a scientist, a brilliant weapon, weapons engineer, um, who super he, Superman saved his life, and he said, "Well, Superman, how can I pay back?" Superman said, "Live a life worth saving, citizen." You know, and then flew off and <laughs> did something else. Uh, and <laughs> Superman probably forgot he even wow. said it. Wow, he's yeah. just like uh, another day, another. Uh, I said that said you know, that one today. <laughs> You know what, kid? Just like, don't make me regret it. That's like being like, what should I do to help you, Superman? Drink your milk. <laughs> All right. I All drink right. so much milk. I, I have heart disease now. And so he kind of like followed oh, Superman around just kind of as a fanboy. And while Superman was Ugh. playing Doomsday, he actually picked up a sledgehammer and tried to hit Doomsday with it. That didn't oh. go very well. Yeah. Uh, but then after Superman died, he he created his super suit, his basically iron man suit uh and and was one of the one of the reign of superman which was an arc of the comics that happened immediately after the death of superman where there was like four different superman analogs there was like cyborg superman black superman the eradicator and steel black superman was a depowered Superman with a big Wait, gun no, who black wore Superman. black. Black Superman was like after all that, wasn't it? No, that was okay. The same. He, what about he, Superboy? Was, wasn't he Superboy? Wore yeah, Superboy. Black. I'm sorry, he was wearing black. Yes, yeah. and he had long okay. hair. I, and then there was also Superboy, who was a genetic clone of Superman. Yeah, and the, the younger the cyborg and Superman. We <laughs> extreme for teens. Yeah, the cyborg Superman was was In, uh, half of Superman's corpse reanimated with with uh, robot bits, uh, and he ended up being. God, Haunted by actually not Superman's consciousness, but somebody else. Blackest Night. The Eradicator ended up being this sort of Kryptonian technology invented to protect the last Kryptonian from completely dying. Uh, The Superman in black, who didn't have superpowers but had a big gun, ended up being actual Superman. Uh, And then John Henry Irons, he was sort of the wild card. He was just sort of like, well, I'm like into him. (laughs) Here I go. I'm a fan. You know that movie Invincible that's going to come out someday? Based on that true story of the thing that happened and Mark, Marky Mark's going to be, that's the me. hockey movie? No, Invincible. It's the, oh, that's the football movie. Eagles. All right, yeah. So, I mean, so he... Rudy. He then uh, was one Steel of the... Steel is just Rudy. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially. Give me a chance. Yeah, he, he started... He started... He referred to himself as Man of Steel. And then later, mm. they just started calling him Steel. Uh, he never claimed to be Superman in that whole reign of Superman thing. But... um. But the, and this is interesting because because this wouldn't have made sense to me until I watched uh, Twin Peaks. But um, so nobody thought he was really Superman except for Lois Lane was like, well, what if he's a walk in? Uh, a walk in? A walk in. It's it's a it's a concept where basically Superman's soul just sort of inhabited his body randomly. Oh, yeah. got it. Um, but but he was the he was pretty much the only one of the reign of Superman who was not like I'm the real Superman. He was just like. Man, I like Superman a lot. <laughs> I'm a huge fan. You know this uh, guy, Superman? He's pretty cool. Uh, so he was, I mean, and, and he was a relatively prominent character in DC in the 90s. He was in JLA. Uh, he was 
Um, he had his own solo series. Um, there were the Man of Steel for a period of time. He was involved in DC One Million, which was a good bit. He fought um, Doomsday. He ended up fighting what's his name, Darkseid. He he went through a lot of different armor. Uh, yeah, how did, a lot of different versions of how armor. How did he go through all of these like crazy extra dimensional villains he's fighting? Yeah, when he's I just mean, a dude who's a fan of Superman. No, no, because he was also a brilliant weapons engineer, and he created himself a a super suit. Uh, a, a a a suit of steel, a steel man suit, huh. almost like an Iron Man. And if you and if you really start looking at at the iterations of his suit that his, his suit has gone through, it's it's pretty clear that that he was kind of like an Iron Man analog for yeah. a while. And now Iron Man was sort of a weird big deal in the in the mid nineties. Yeah, I remember the animated series. Yeah, they had an animated series yeah. on that. So so at definitely at some point he had like the the nano suit like Iron Man had the nano suit and at some point his his skin actually turned into steel and he was a robot man uh that was the thing that happened um in in New 52 he he exists in New 52 they brought him back of course they did uh and he he that was when he had the suit that was like part of him uh so obviously so like cyborg no nah, no it was it was Pretty much exactly like the Iron Man Extremis suit. Oh, okay. Um, almost, almost completely exactly like that. Uh, and then he got over it. Uh, they did gene therapy, and he was better. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Man, those genes. The gene uh, gray stem cells. Is gene therapy where you wear jeans for a long time? No, I've been no, doing gene different. therapy for a few months yeah. now. No, you got to. And you grow shoulder it. length hair. Yeah. Gene gray therapy is only in Marvel, Alan. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> and it just involves passing out all the time. And uh, he's also part of the Infinity underwritten. Incorporated group in in Marvel. He's always uh, he's he's or in DC. He's been really like involved with a lot of DC stuff since, I mean, he's a relatively new DC character so, who, as soon as they put him in there, he's like, he is at, at least 10 years newer than all of the, the teen Titans. Yeah. And they're like just getting into justice league and he was hardcore justice league by 1994. So he was like a, a brand new character who was there for a lot of important stuff, but like just to the left where you couldn't see him. Yeah. Like he wasn't there. <laughs> like, was, oh, he, I think, is that steel back there? Like, the Poochie of DC at that time. There's I would, a lot no, of ways you I would argue Superboy was the Poochie of DC yeah, at that Superboy time. He got, a, he got an earring and a leather cool jacket. Sunglasses. Well, I just thought because it was like, hey, here's a new guy and he's cool. And he, we're going to make him. He's Oh, he's always been one of the crew. <laughs> so, I mean, he he's in DC New Frontier, yeah. uh, but not as not with the robot suit. He yeah. is uh, represented as a a character named john wilson who takes on the john henry name and carries around a black hood and a sledgehammer yeah, yeah I remember uh, that. he's in kingdom come where he joins batman's group and he has a mm. batman themed super suit with a big axe that's shaped like a bat um he's in superman versus terminator oh. death to the future <laughs> where obviously his suit gets taken over by skynet because of course I'm gonna it does. Bring, i've been meaning um, to bring one of those DC yeah. crossover books with like Alien or uh, he was even <laughs> in the the JLA Avengers crossover crossover oh. uh, and didn't fight Iron Man surprisingly enough Oddly it was enough. it's something involved with the Speed Force hmm. okay. um, so so yeah he's he's been around for a while and they they keep him around he seems like he's part of the like Superman family and they integrated him in pretty quick um, he's I mean it's worth mentioning he's African American there's not a lot of members. 
of the Superman family who are. Because uh, Superman family is Superman, Superboy, Crypto the Superdog, and Supergirl. Uh, and so he's... All of which, including the dog, are white. Yep. <laughs> white so bread, milk, toast. He's sort of like an ancillary addition to that. It's uh, There's also... Know. What's the cat's name? His daughter gets involved a lot. Streaked? His, his daughter... Streaky. Streaky. Uh, his daughter Natasha sometimes goes as steel when he gets injured. Okay. His daughter has her own version of the armor uh, in the Injustice 2 video game. It's steel is his daughter Natasha. Oh. Irons. Um, if, if you guys are into video games, uh, so that's steel. Uh, there's only one other thing really worth mentioning about steel. And that's that there was a movie starring Shaquille O'Neal, um, that, that they made, uh, which I saw in the theaters. So they didn't mention Superman. Though, so the story behind it is that they were actually working on a death of Superman movie. Yes. Uh, and then steel was going to be a spinoff afterwards. Okay. Uh, but then they, they, were working on it. They got Shaquille O'Neal there, and he was a big draw in the '90s. And then Ask they're Sam. like, they were like, "Hey, uh, we're not actually gonna make that Superman movie." And they're like, "Well, okay. How much of Superman can we cut out of this to make a movie?" And they did. And actually, um, if you if you read into that whole death and return of Superman. Uh, story with Nicolas Cage and Tim Burton in the 90s. Uh, one of the things that at some point they talked about having for Superman, a lot of that stuff ended up in the Steel movie, like living in a junkyard, like having a super-powered truck. Uh, a, a lot of that stuff shows up in the Steel movie. <laughs> it, there's a really great documentary about it, uh, about the whole debacle that is that movie. Yeah. The, the bad guy there's is... There's a documentary about it? Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's called... Uh, is it called uh, the... It's like the death of Superman, or like the life it's called, and I death think of Superman. Or it's not like the that. one about Nick Cage. Is yeah, it, it is. No, it that's, is. That's, oh, that's, that's, that's the one we're talking about. The interview Ken this Smith, Steel, who originally wrote it. The Got Shaquille O'Neal Steel movie would have been a spin-off of that movie. It was called Superman Reborn. I think was yeah. one of the working titles. T- the Tim Burton concept art for it is bizarre. Yeah, <laughs> his brainiac is weird. Uh, so the bad guy in that movie is Judd Nelson. You know, yeah, the yeah. The, the cool the cool bully from. Breakfast Club. Yes. Uh, he was also the voice of Rodimus Prime in Transformers, the animated movie. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the movie was a flop. It it uh, was produced for an estimated $16 million, but grossed about $1.6 million at the box office. And I contributed $1 to that because I saw it in the dollar theater. <laughs> uh, my sister also saw it with me, so that's technically $2. Um, but yeah, so Steel is this... This character that's a big deal now, but is relatively young in terms of DC continuity, but he's been in a lot of stuff and he still gets around. And it's and there's now this weird like now that they're putting Cyborg more in the JLA, uh, they're they're sort of sidelining Steel, and he's being used more of a as a tech support background character, um, helping helping Cyborg out. But hmm. but yeah, that's Steel. Interesting. Hey, Alan. Yo, would you like to see? The concept art for the Superman from Tim Burton. Oh, I mean that could be worse. Yeah, it's kind it's, of what we ended up getting in Man of no, Steel it's, anyway. It's, it's Edward yeah. Super. It's Edward Superman. It's very clear. Uh, if you haven't seen, it's like a that's that's his Edward that's Super his when he comes back from being dead. What he looks like. Well, because he was in a black suit, right? And he had too. he looks like the Frankenstein monster, yeah. just like in the comics. That makes sense. <laughs> anyway, all right, cool. Death of Superman was a weird time. Yeah, it was. Uh, all right, Ryan. Well, thank you so much for that. And now we move on to the final part of the show, Back Matter, in which we talk about uh, different comic book news, trailers uh, for movies and stuff that are going on. Uh, just kind of a general chatter. Uh, so 
I've gotten a lot of feedback from our listeners that they don't like the jokes. I uh, love the jokes. I know you do, Ryan. But I thought this time I would oh, do something different. Tales. I think I'd do something a little more interactive. And I was inspired by another podcast I was listening to. So we all know here was that, that we, podcast called Podcast the Ride. It was. Uh, yeah, what a surprise. Uh, but I thought this would be a fun game to play. Uh, they did it with Walt Disney. We're doing it with good old Smile and Stan Lee. This is actually kind of a good idea. Uh, so I picked some Stan Lee quotes. Okay. Things that the Stan the Man Lee has said over the years. Okay. And I also wrote some fake quotes. Okay. Uh, and I want to see if you guys can tell the difference. Right. Now, I'll ask you as a group, should I do them in the Stan Lee voice or should yes. I just read them flat? No, you read, have to. Read them all in the Stan Lee voice. Okay. So which who wants to go first? I'll, I'll go first. Go. Oh, Chewy will go. Chewy, you want to go first? Yes. Okay. So here are two quotes from Stan. You have to tell me which one is real. Ready? Okay. <clears throat> no one has a perfect life. Everybody has something that he wishes was not the way it is. Or a life in comics and comic books has taught me that even when you think what you do doesn't matter, odds are it matters to someone. Which one's the real Stanley quote? Oh man, the second one. Incorrect. First. Oh. The first one was the real Stanley quote. There you go. That's how banal his quotes some of his <laughs> quotes are. Him and Walt Disney share a lot in common. All right, who wants to go next? Ryan? Sure, you? let's do it. Why okay, not? sure. All right, all right. <clears throat> so I have two quotes here. Am I allowed to Google the quotes? No, you're not. Oh, okay. <clears throat> I think people have always loved things that are bigger than life, things that are imaginative. Or working with a great team of people is the easy part. Making them give you their best is the real challenge. Oh, man. Both of those are... Uh, I think the second one is real. No, the first uh, one is the real one. I'm, kidding, I'm really good at making up stand quotes. Yeah, I was about to say, you're like, <laughs> this is actually more impressive than you're making I worked on that one for a while because I'm like, it has to make it seem like he's making people give what he wants. <laughs> <laughs> it's very much a making it's thing. Because, it's because that those quotes, both of those quotes were about like, like working in the biz. All right. Yeah, yeah. Alan, you're last. You ready for this? Sure. <clears throat> When you create characters, you want someone who felt real for real people to identify with, no matter how fantastic they are. Or, comics are stories. They're like novels or anything else. So the first thing you have to do is become a good storyteller. Two. That is the real quote. Congratulations, Alan. Alan, our resident Stan Lee expert. I tried to throw in the word. I tried to throw in the word fantastic. Yeah, that almost threw me off. I was real close, (laughs) and I'm like. No, the second one's simpler. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that one that was a hard one, but yeah, that this is a fun game. We should do this again with different people. All right, (laughs) this is this is much better. Let's do some Bob Kane quotes. (laughs) I did it. I wrote it all by myself. I made Batman. Only me and no one else. I made him. Me. The, the other quote is, hey there, chicky pie. <laughs> hey there, Sims McBride. Hey there, sweet cheeks. You like uh. Robin? <laughs> you like Robin? Me. Me, All I these. did it. Let me buy a vodka. Bill who? <laughs> he didn't want any credit. I'll just uh, yeah, that's fine. It's, he's fine. I bought him a drink. All right. So uh, we got some 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 news here. Ryan, uh, looks like you have some news that is very pressing to the yeah, topic no, we I, just I, talked Yeah, no, I was about. just thinking about it. Uh, yeah, they, they announced really recently that um, injection was optioned. Uh, hey. I think for a TV series. That makes sense. Uh, that would work. By the, that group that was, uh, I believe it was by that group that was started by... Um, 
Matt Fraction and Kelly Sue DeConnick, where okay, they're doing yeah, a lot yeah. of a lot of optioning of uh, people's works. Funny story, they met each other on the Warren Ellis forum they on sure the did. internet ages ago, uh, and so it's sort of sort of impressive and ironic that they're no helping to make money deals. But hey, that's you know. But also, they got married because of that too. Yeah, and had children. Hopefully, uh, I I don't I don't know if I want to see a TV version of Injection. To be perfectly honest, depends on who makes it. Uh, you know, I'm happy that that people are making money that then they can turn into more comics. I think this could be a really good show if it was made by the right yeah. people. I think with the right studio behind it and the right, you know, showrunner and, yeah. and directors and producers and all that. Um, it could be really good. Yeah, it could be interesting. Um, so some movie trailers came out. Yep. Uh, we have uh, Venom. We just all watched. Uh, I am cautiously optimistic on this movie now. So I, I, I heard like that Tom Holland is in it. Uh, I heard like that, a wink. I heard that. Well, I thought it was weird. Did you guys all notice in that trailer that it said in association with Marvel? Yeah. I thought that was really strange. I've never seen it say that before. Yeah. No, yeah. that was. Uh, I feel like that's one of the things that they got out of the whole Spider-Man yeah, Dealio. like anything Sony does, uh, it has yeah. to say in association with Marvel. Yeah, so they're kind of like, well, Spider-Man plus, you know, they always go in packages, which is why, you know, they didn't have scrolls. Yeah. yeah you yeah. know, they, yeah. but. Well, they will. Eventually, but Captain it's Marvel. sort of like how Fox bought Fantastic Four, which means they also have Silver Surfer and they also have Super Scroll and they also have all this other stuff. So yeah, Venom right. Mysterio or it must be like Venom rhino sandman like all that stuff must be all under that same from, spider-man from what i umbrella well, from what i understand is sony has given marvel the rights to use spider-man in the mcu oh they've been given it well they, they've they've they're sharing the profits yeah. they, the other characters from what i understand are still not on the table well they're in making association s- in yeah. association with mar with marvel must mean that marvel has some sort of oversight or Probably. at least some sort of financial stake, sure. Or or some some kind of maybe they use like Marvel Studios equipment. Well, like, like I'm sure that there's just paperwork that's signed somewhere that says, "Hey, we get to say in association with Marvel." And they get to say, "Hey, hey, we're involved with Marvel." You know, they make those movies that you like. Yeah. Maybe you like this one because they have said a lot that Spider Man is nothing to do with this. A lot. They've said, "Nope, no Spider Man, nothing, no Spider Man in this." Like mm-hmm. over and over and over again. Now that could just be a red herring. Uh, or they could have maybe changed some things and yeah, been like, you know I mean, what, maybe we can have Tom Holland show up just like for a brief second. Like, oh, he bumps into him. It's like, hey, watch it, kid. And it's Peter it's, Parker. It's like, interesting because like, yeah, when you see the trailer, there is um, kind of like uh, where, where he's first becoming one with like the symbiote and becoming like Venom. Um, where he has that, like, oh, what's going on? Oh, man, I can't control this. That kind of bumbling kind of Spider-Man like attitude towards yeah. it, w- which... Yeah, like would make sense in a world where there is no Spider-Man inter- intertwined yeah. with that. Cause then you're like, Oh, we got to well, make him kind of likable in it, some it, way. It's pretty clear too that they're like, Spider-Man. They're, it's pretty clear too that they're not doing like a, you know, Oh, Spider-Man had this suit first. Like that's obviously out yeah. the window. It's just going straight to the, and they're, it seems like they're almost kind of going the ultimate comics route a little bit where it's like some corporation has this suit. I, I think they're going like agent venom. That I don't too? think so. I feel like no? this is more well, like the, the ultimate yeah, comics were like, like Venom ultimate. was like a, I don't know, it was like a genetically thing, but also kind of alien and it got out this and attached definitely itself to Harry Osborn, which is weird. No, this definitely seems like it's alien and it definitely seems like it's some, it's in the hands of some sort of organization. Um, That's my pet. Yeah, there's a Names. spider on the wall. I hope it bites Ian so he can finally get his powers. And you know, I was sleeping in bed it. and one came it's down Peter right Parker. over me oh, as I was laying in bed. I'm like, mm. No, no. <laughs> I batted it away. 
Um, it definitely, it definitely seems like uh, it's okay. It's not going to come down and get us. It better not. It's not. It's up there. Wow. Okay, guys. Um, it definitely seems like uh, they are going for introducing Venom as. I mean, the tagline is "Embrace your inner anti-hero." So they're gonna they're gonna make Venom some sort of like Deadpool esque anti hero. Be good, bad says Sony. Yeah, I don't I don't know what that means because Venom has always been super self interested. Yeah. Um, and I don't I don't ever see him doing the right thing unless like they he teamed up with Spider Man to beat Carnage. Yeah, they because Carnage the, was the trailer out of control. Well, don't they have like, one called oh, Lethal Protector? Isn't there like a whole thing? Yeah, Le- the more recent Venom has been less. He's he's been more like yeah chaotic good than uh, he has been. I I will say this chaotic evil. The CG when they finally show him as Venom, like yep, that looks right. Like yeah, they got I, it right. I, I yeah, kinda, they nailed it. When they when they first said they were making like a Venom movie, I was like, all right. And then like a Tom Hardy, and I'm like, all right. And then like I kind of saw the first trailer, and I was like, uh, I kind of don't care, and I kind of feel bad about it. And then this latest trailer where they actually so. You know, like Venom and like the, the animation on that. I'm like, all right, like I'm not necessarily super invested in it. However, the suit looks pretty cool. Yeah, I heard somebody yeah. say at work, like, ah, I don't like it. It looks sticky. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's perfect. Venom. That's yeah. how it should that's look. That's Venom. That's, that's how it was your sister Emily said that. Uh, yeah, I was like, yeah. That's who it was. Yeah. I was like, so, that's how a Venom I'm, looks. I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm intrigued. I'm interested. Yeah. So I'll probably, I'll probably end up checking it out. Uh, they released a final Deadpool 2 trailer where they made some silly jokes. No wait, silly jokes. Where he calls Deadpool calls show? Josh Brolin Thanos. He does. Asks yeah. him if he's from the DC universe because he's so dark. Yep. I had a good chuckle at both of those when I first saw it. They have fun with that. I also enjoyed that there's just this random guy named Pete who's just part of Deadpool's crew. It's a good bit. Spoiler alert: He ends up being Peter Parker when he's older. Yeah, that's. I don't know. Some people like. There's that's, a lot of theories of like, who no, is Pete? Is just, Pete somebody different? Is he somebody special? Who is he? Like, there's yeah, a lot of people like, on the he's internet. He's just a guy named Pete. I mean, it could be something more. Could, I don't know. I mean, it could be, but at the same time, we are all he could really be. nervous about this spider. He is. I'm sorry, fine. I don't like spiders. I, I, it's fine, Ryan. If I see him coming towards you, I'll stop it. I'll keep an eye. Uh, <laughs> I feel like they are they gonna bring no because T.J. Miller in this movie. Yes. Yeah, he is. Okay, so that's fine. I don't know. I, yeah, I can't Shatter think of any star. other. Yeah, yeah. I, I was stoked when they were like because they had um, I forget his name, but he was in. Was it the Defenders? He was like the drunken master guy. Wow. Wow. I think it was in Defenders. Where they go to the warehouse. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they had... Okay, yeah. I'm pretty sure it was uh, yeah. in Defenders. Because uh, Iron Fist fights him. And it's actually like, oh, look. Iron Fist is actually being Iron Fist. Um <laughs> Uh, but he's like this, like the drunken master type of like fighting style, gotcha, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, he's in it," but we don't know who he is or whatever. And there's like rumors, like oh, he might be like Shatterstar, and he came out as like, "Yo, I- I'm Shatterstar." Just <laughs> <laughs> such a weird X Men character to pull. It, it is, and I'm like, I, I, I was, they, they have bottom of the barrel rights. Yeah, at this point. Know, I'm why, stoked on it because I'm just like, "All right, man, let's let's just do it. Let's just strap in and go for it." Yep. This is why we're going to have Marvel movies in some way, shape, or form forever because they're just, there's so many characters. Yeah. yeah. And you can, you can kill them and bring them back. I want them to make a random movie about <laughs> the character random. Um, speaking of X-Men, Ryan, you watched an, an well, old quote X-Men, an X-Men uh, movie. Yeah, I realized my wife and I were flying on a plane uh, to 
uh, vacation, and we're sitting there looking at the little like back of the seat entertainment thing, and I was and we didn't have well, it was like a only two hour flight, so we couldn't put on something longer. And I was like, oh, they got X Men Apocalypse. I don't think we've seen that. And so I watched that on the plane. And your thoughts? Yeah, it was fine. Yeah, that's kind of what <laughs> uh, I thought. It was it was weird because I we're, it. we're I was so I was flying on on uh, Aero Mexico, uh, and they like it was weirdly censored, like all of all of uh, Silex cleavage was blurred for some reason. <laughs> okay, but like blood and guts were fine. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it was it was strange, um, and then the movie's just okay. I it's feel bad fine. for Oscar Isaacs. He really didn't get to do anything fun in it. No. Uh, he didn't get to be pretty except for like the first 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, and then it just sort of is one of those like foregone conclusion movies. It's like, we're going to destroy the whole world. Undo. Yeah. Yep. And it's like, okay. Oh, everything's But Wolverine normal. was in it for a minute. He was. But it wasn't. It wasn't actually the guy. What? It, it wasn't actually Hugh Jackman. Yes, it was. It was a CG. Oh, was it? Yeah. He didn't talk. No, they just like stood Hugh Jackman was on the through. set. Does he? Yes. Because <laughs> uh, I remember looking at the credits and not seeing Hugh Jackman, but seeing like well, an oblique reference to a Wolverine body double. Really? Uh, I'm I mean, pretty right darn now. sure because they show his face at one point, don't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. He runs out into the wilderness. But he does not talk. No, but you I know, I don't know. I, mean, I don't at least, know either. At least That's weird. Had, that would be at least really they had that bizarre. moment in first class. Yeah, where I he didn't, said, "I didn't, I didn't think that." Age of Apocalypse was that bad. Was like no, no, it wasn't bad. It was, it was just okay. Everyone was like mad about it. I'm like, it's, oh, it's no, no. Perfectly I, I am not mad about this movie. It? Yeah, and I mean, it's better than the Probably. third. It's better than the third X Men movie. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's it's better than Wolverine Origins. Or yeah. X Men Origins Wolverine. Yeah. So it's it's not the worst X Men movie. I mean, it's they're going to make another one. They're going to make one more at the very least to finish yeah. this off. So, uh, but yeah, it was fine. I remember seeing it and thinking, that's fine. It's okay. It's fine. Um, so How are you? Ma- so Marvel, like Marvel, you know, you know Marvel. No, you know yeah, yeah, I, I know Marvel. Of them. St- Marvel Studios that they're they're not doing a Hall H thing this year. That's what I heard. Yeah, because they're gonna move it to D twenty three, huh? Yeah, well, they've been doing that for a while. Yeah, well, I heard also they're gonna do. Well, well this is their first time a, in like what seven years, well, eight years. Oh, really? My understanding is they're doing a Hall H thing, but it doesn't. There's no new announcements. It's just gonna be a ten year retrospective. Because it's the ten year anniversary of the of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Kevin Feige has confirmed that Marvel Studios will not be having any Hall H presentations at this year's Comic Con. Really? I thought they were doing San like Diego. a ten. I thought they were doing like a ten year. I thought he said something like no new stuff. But we're doing like a. We're focusing mainly on the ten year retrospective. Uh, Maybe I misunderstood. Marvel Studios will have a presence there only in that there will be a tenth anniversary materials and tenth anniversary panel. But oh, not that's but not doing Hall H this okay. year. Okay. I don't know if it, okay. So I wonder if that means they're like not doing it, anything in that room, or does it mean they're not doing like a hey, here's a big I would assume spectacle. when they're saying we're not doing Hall H that they're not doing anything in Hall H. Hmm. Okay. I mean uh, okay. That I mean I, I, I that's why I'm asking is because it seems like they could be saying like, Oh, we're not doing like a big spectacle thing, but I guess you're right. We'll find out, I guess, when the actual programming comes out. They still haven't given us a title for the next uh, Avengers. No, movie. Uh, nope. spoiler, Alan. They did not tell say the title at the end of Infinity War. I guess now is a good time as any. Uh, so, uh, three of us have seen Infinity War, and one yeah. of us is not. <laughs> Ryan saw it. Ryan, seen it, yeah. three of us have time. seen Infinity War, and one of us sucks. So I, no. <laughs> I mean, I, 
I got movie pass, so it's there's there's very little barrier. Although now in. movie pass has been I, like yeah, I can't go see Avengers every day this week without. Lying well, no, you can only go like like four times a month. Now. No, no, I already paid for the. Movie I know you a did, but like if you're excited for movie pass now, it's but like I mean, cut it down quite a bit since I got movie pass. I've seen two movies using it, and I've had it for a month and a half. So right, right. I'm I'm okay. Right. I'm okay with a movie a week. It's, um, not a, it's still worth it for me. Alan, would you like us to tell you the non-spoilery version of what we thought of Infinity War? I mean, if you guys want to. Or, okay. Yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I thought it was as, as, as I, I, I agree with that. Uh, was, 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 was it Warren Ellis who said that? Who, who said it? Was, it? it was Warren Ellis said that it was an unprecedented brand exercise. Yeah, meaning that it wanted to check in with, let remind you of the brand, and encourage you to come back for the next outing of the brand. And yeah. I'm like, yeah, that's that's what it did. And yeah. I was very ex- I was very pleased. No, I, this um, is a movie that you go to watch superheroes in, I, and boy, really are there superheroes! No, no, not <laughs> just that. You go to watch superheroes in, and then at the end, you say, "I got to see the next one." Yep. And that's and I that's, have to watch. That's I it's the cinematic movie. equivalent of binging a television show. Up, oh, I just have to watch the next one. It was just the season have finale. Of Cannot the wait. I, I enjoyed it very much. I thought that uh for my liking that there there was there was a lot there was so much going on and so much on the table that it, it would have been very easy to, you know, drop a few crumbs here and there and spill something or whatever and and, and I think they did a very good job at not you know, slipping up a ton and stuff, which is very easy to do when you have that many moving pieces. Yeah, a lot of the, a lot of the, I've had a lot of discussions on the internet about it, and a lot of people are like, "Well, it could have been way worse," and that's true. <laughs> yes, uh, it definitely could have been. Um, but I, I have circled back to the argument a few times that I don't think it's a movie. It, it doesn't. In my mind, it's not a movie. It's like a television show season finale it's, and i can i can go into it just way too much detail about it but like it does like and it's not that it's not a movie but it's not like a film it it, it it's it's a movie in the same sense that pirates of the caribbean dead man's chest is a movie where it's, it's like you know it's the first half of something but it's kind of unprecedented because it it is a movie that expects it basically expects you to watch have watched the last decade of Marvel movies. Yeah, at this and point, there, and there is no assistance if you haven't. No, seen No, there is not. Like at even all. even in even in like Cap two, even in Iron Man three, they kind of like give you training wheels. Like, oh, this is Captain America. This is Tony yeah. Stark, and and he got the ability to do this because of this. And this movie is just like, look, if you don't know it by now, why are you even here? Like, why did you come? Yeah. yeah, I was having this discussion with with uh, one of with one of our friends, I mean, Baron, who has not watched these. I think these. that makes I think that makes sense. No, to it, some it does, but it's yeah. it's 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 really strange. Well, cinematically, because I can't think of anything else that's yeah, done that. I was having this discussion. Like with, you can walk into a Star Wars prequel having never seen any other Star Wars movie, and you still get like a okay, that's who this guy is. Yeah. That's what's going on here, and this doesn't give you any of that. It's just like, hey, it's this guy. Well, and, was, and if you don't know who that is, you're just like, I guess he's green. Yeah. <laughs> I was having this discussion with our, our, our friend uh, Darren who's never watched any of these before and he's yeah. like well can I just watch Avengers and then the second Avengers and this one I'm like no he's like but that's the Avengers movies I'm like incorrect that's not <laughs> how this works you had to watch all of these other ones and so I finally convinced him to be like look just watch the first ones from Iron Man to the Avengers and if you don't care from there stop well and I was talking yeah. to some, some co-workers <laughs> some friends at work and they were like okay well the last movie, the last 
Marvel Cinematic Universe movie we saw was Guardians, the first Guardians. What do I have to see in order for this movie to make sense? And All I'm like, of it. You have to at least have seen Civil War. Civil War. No, the last one they saw was... Uh, it was either Guardians or Age of Ultron. So I was like, you have to have seen Age of Ultron. You have to see Civil War. You have to have seen a Guardians movie. Yeah. You also have to have seen Thor Ragnarok and Black Panther. Yes. I, like, uh, maybe not I w- Black Panther. I would so argue not. that Black I, uh, I feel like you have to see Black Panther. Panther. I think you have to see Black Panther just so that a setting and sure. a massive grouping of characters makes sense and has context. Sure, but I think, I mean, I think if you see Civil War, you'll get enough. I don't know. I mean, I really like Black Panther. I know I, I too. But. I one hundred percent enjoy Blank Blank, Blank Panther. Panther. Black Panther. Is that with uh, Damon Wayans? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that a uh, Blank Man reference? Oh, Heck yeah! Was. Wow. I used to watch a lot of Comedy uh, Central where that movie was in rotation. That was that. My friend is a deep pull. Yeah. Um, the um no I I feel like yeah yeah amazing movie I I love Black Panther and absolutely watch it. I would say watching Black Panther before watching Infinity War is not like if you have a choice, if you have not had Infinity War spoiled for you and yeah. you're like, I, I, it's going to happen. Someone's going to, you know, tell me all the secrets unless I see a movie right now. And your choice is to watch Black Panther or Infinity War, watch Infinity War. Black Panther, I think, is yeah, one of those movies back. that kind of stands on its own. It does. Um, and is very strong and enjoyable anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, Infinity War, uh, as we all know, the financials, though, are in, in extreme question. Uh, actually, that's not true at all. It already uh, surpassed Star Wars The Force Awakens its opening weekend. Uh, and there was a a, a sign for a, a little note from Kathleen Kennedy of like Ray handing over a lightsaber to an Iron Man gauntlet uh, saying like, like, hey, good job. Like, 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 you know, I'm happy that some sort of cutesy pun about how the force was handed to Earth's Mightiest Heroes or whatever. And it's like it just feels like, hey, good job, other Disney team. Yeah, right. <laughs> they, they just shake hands in the hall. Like yeah. at work. high five as they walk down the hall. Yeah. Hey, I'll get you next time. And they just walk away. Is that what's I'm coming for you. I mean, yeah, uh, but not unsurprisingly. That employee of the month also, apparently is mine the, next month. Apparently, on the first weekend, it did more than Justice League yeah. did in its entire cinematic run. Yeah. Oh, DC, you poor boys. Um. So yeah, I liked it. If you like the Marvel movies, go see it. That's it. Yes. Hello, Avengers. I'd like to report a murder. <laughs> Um, so, uh, yeah, uh, Westworld came back. Yes. I watched the first time. I, I don't watch episode two yet. <sighs> oh boy. Speaking of, I prefer Westworld in a binge situation. I understand. Personally. I am. I'm, I'm, I did that with the first season. I'm giving yeah. this one a try episode by episode. And I, I like the first episode so far. Speaking of Westerny type of stuff, East of West is, uh, is getting a show on Amazon. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. East that of shows, West that book and, is super weird. And Transhuman are both uh, being optioned by Amazon for Those live are both action Hickman, stuff. Hickman yep. books. Yeah. Mm. Transhuman is a weird, super limited story that's told. Uh, I've read it. It's told like almost documentary style. Okay. It's like the whole book is like interviews and like like you're reading, you know, you're seeing like photographs of crime scenes and and you're reading like. Uh, you know, documentation of events as opposed to an action mm-hmm. story. So it'd be interesting if they treat it like that or if they just take the core of the story and then turn it into its own thing. If they did it as like a docudrama series, it might be really entertaining. Hmm. Yeah. Really weird. Interesting. Yeah. Did you, hear, did you hear about Ant-Man? Mm-mm. 
they uh so the 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 big bad yeah ghost mm-hmm. that's that's who it is oh it mm-hmm. is okay. it's ghost there you go now, there you, it is. now secret. you know who it is i also hey, know that michelle pfeiffer's in the movie yeah she's, she's in the trailer she's in the poster yeah, yeah. she's what's her face she's janet. playing janet, janet van, dyne. van dyne so yeah. i'm really looking forward to as we learned in the first yeah. avengers comic <laughs> to hearing michael douglas be a total jerk and yeah. tell her to be Damn quiet. Damn it, Janet. Yeah, be quiet. Oh, I mean, like, he could pull it off. I'm flying here. Um, hey, we watched the, the Bleach trailer, and Alan, I'm looking at yeah. you because you know more about that particular cleaning product than I do. So there's, oh, yeah, <laughs> Tide Pods. Um, <laughs> so there's been, like, sort of, not a resurgence, but, like, a steady, ongoing um, uh, Japanese, like, film What's the word I'm looking for? Like attempt, I guess, to, to uh-huh. recreate popular anime brands as live action. Um, the oh, that's R- been around for a long time. Though. Yeah. The Rurouni Kenshin movies, yeah. I think, were the first time that it crossed over into the States in any mainstream mm-hmm. way. Um, and that was about seven years ago at this point. Um, since then, we've obviously got a... Um, there's a Japanese version of Death Note, and we also got the Netflix version that we've all seen, um, or at least some of us. Yeah. And, um, and next one up would be Bleach, which I think we read... First? A long time ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I think we brought that up on our patting ourselves on the back episode. Like, that was like the first manga we read. So I don't know if you guys even remember it. Um, but we watched the trailer for it and it looks pretty solid. Um, like, it doesn't, like, the, the hollows that they're creating um, look like pretty solid CGI. They don't look uh, like Sharknado level. Yeah, so pretty, no, they look well done. Yeah, they it's look creep- creepy. Pretty decent. Like the sword that he's wielding looks like a real sword, so it's not like that's also CG'd or mm-hmm. or plastic looking. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean the effects look pretty good. I did notice that with a lot of the characters showing up, they're going to be covering a lot of ground in this movie. Oh yeah. So it may suffer from story bloat. Um, I would think that probably if they had just stuck to the first, you know two or three chapters that could have made a good movie, but it wouldn't have gotten very far. Kind of probably wouldn't have been a little bland. So we'll see how they incorporate everything, but I'm interested in seeing it just because I've bleach is one of those few, especially heavy hitting animes where I've seen literally all of it. Oh, wow. So uh, yeah, Jen and I finished it. I don't know if I'd realized that <laughs> I've definitely like, I, I really like bleach to the point where people are like, I dropped out of bleach. I'm like, no, I finished it. I still haven't, I'm still behind on One Piece, and I never finished Naruto, but I did finish Bleach, so I'm okay with that. Um, but yeah, Joey, I think that uh, I think that it looks good. I'm excited to see it, and I will see it. It looks pretty cool, but yeah. I, like I said, I, I I I know enough to be like, oh look, there's the big sword. Yep, you know, um, but not enough to be like, look at it and be like. I am cynical or skeptical of this thing, nor am I like well-versed enough to be like, Oh, they're doing the one thing. Oh man, I'm excited. I'm just kind of like, looks pretty neat. There is, there is one character that bugs me because he's like one of my favorite characters in the series and the way they casted him doesn't look very good, but nobody cares. So let's move forward. (laughs) Okay. Uh, I'm okay. Yeah. They got Michael B. Jordan in that West in that Fahrenheit 451 movie. Oh yeah. is man, is that an HBO movie? So like, I'm not quite sure if it's a series, seri- mini it series? series. I think it's a mini series. Okay, all right. Um, because it has him and it has uh, everybody's favorite uh, ugly, ugly white actor, who's my favorite, Michael Shannon. Oh, okay. Uh, I love me some Michael Steve Shannon. Buscemi. No, 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 no. I know you love Michael Shannon. I do love Michael Shannon. Uh, by the way, I watched Shape of Water. That movie was great. It was really, really great. I cried. It was beautiful. It was love between a fish man and a woman. 
Um, <laughs> no, it's funny. It, it, it's it's it's. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> uh, it's just a joke. I, I read somebody online who was watching. Is like, when's Hellboy gonna show up? <laughs> You're telling me there's a movie they, with a fish man. This is that fish it, man portrayed by Doug Jones. The movie is yeah. written and directed by Guillermo del Toro, and it's not, not a sequel a or he prequel movie? a prequel yeah. to Hellboy. Yeah. I mean, it might it could have been. I yeah. mean, wouldn't surprise me. Turns out, uh, but yeah, uh, I yeah, I, Michael Shannon's always great. I love I love that man. I, I, love I like Fahrenheit 451. The story is fun. It's yeah, I one. do too. It's, it's and I'm interested to see it. Politics. Yeah, Are we talking yes. about like this was a book that was banned at some point? No, the. You know no. what Fahrenheit 451 is about? Ray Bradbury. The Ray Bradbury book? Yeah, it's about it wasn't... banning books. And it's about banning books and burning them. Books. For Fahrenheit 451 yeah. is the temperature at which paper, paper burns. burns. Uh... So it's it takes place in this future. It's kind of it's, it's it's a future where there are firemen who go in and find books and then hey, destroy Alan, them. Do you remember that movie Equilibrium? No. Oh well, never it's mind better. then. Did you you didn't read Fahrenheit 451 in high school? Oh, you no. might have read 1984. Never, it's like neither. it's like a it's like part and parcel the same sort of like mid 20th century yeah uh, you know although Fahrenheit 451 books. is not yeah. as doesn't feel as heavy as 1984 yeah. does <laughs> it's yeah it's, it's got less sort but of it's about light. a guy who played who's a fireman who basically is the firemen in the future are people who cause fires burn books and he gets curious and starts he reading. reads a book reads and a then book it, and it opens it, yeah. yeah we read a uh, brave new world and i didn't even finish oh, there oh, okay go, there okay. you go yeah yeah you gotta read one you read one post-apocalyptic you didn't uh, read any of those books in high school for me, what okay. did what did you read? Did you read to kill a Did you kill a mockingbird? Did you read to kill a mockingbird? Did you go to Fahrenheit? Was the name of your school uh, Fahrenheit four fifty one? Fahrenheit High School. <laughs> uh, so high school. they finally released like an actual story trailer for the Han Solo movie. Okay, what's the story? That's He's like Han Solo, yep. and there's. Chewbacca. I was, yeah, it looks kind of heisty. It looks kind of. I'm heisty. nervous because the team on together. one of the like toys I saw that said Millennium Falcon Kessel Run on it. Oh, yeah. I'm like, oh no, oh no, no! They definitely go to the spice mines of Kessel and are smuggling oh, something. No, don't it's, show. The it's ca- absolutely the Kessel Run. Ron Howard is the is the the climactic Ron action scene in the movie. Howard. Guaranteed. Ron Howard. Guaranteed. Ron Howard. Ron Howard. If you are was a listening to me. He didn't write it, Ian. If you were you directed it, which he means didn't your write stamp it. is on this movie. Yeah, but mm-hmm. he didn't write it. Mm-hmm. Your he stamp is on late. this movie. This is one of the most important Han Solo <sighs> moments in Star Wars history. Make it good. Or I'm holding you personally responsible. This is one of the reasons that I'm happy I don't love Star Wars. Because yeah, things like, like this can't be ruined for me. At this, like with with this movie, Green Lantern, Alan. This movie could tip the scales one way or the other. <laughs> Ian, where yeah, is, it, is the majority of Star Wars movies good or bad? Yes. Because uh, Ian, we got three prequels. Yeah. Three original series movies. And then three current new ones. Uh, and and I, I have my own opinions about them. Not everybody does. But this one, like... This one could be bad. This one yeah. could could be prequel level bad. I hope it's not. I sincerely I hope it's, not hope too. it's, it's fine. I, I really, I really do. Prove but me wrong, wrong Howard. Prove me like, wrong. Opie, like, <laughs> Richie Cunningham. Prove me wrong. Wow, jeez. <laughs> Ron Howard is not an action director, and this was supposed to be an yeah. action comedy. Exactly. That's kind of my worry. It's like he did. You know what I think of when I think of an action movie? Apollo thirteen and Backdraft. I really did like Paul 13 when I was. I 12, like the though. both of those movies. They're both fine, but they're not like I, I mean, wouldn't Backdraft say. Backdraft had a ride. Yeah, you know what the ride was? <laughs> Standing in a room while you looked at hot fire, yeah. and it got really and then the hot. Floor in that room. dropped out a little, really and then hot. you left. 
All right. And well, that was it. So that movie comes out in about a month. I'm 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 also disappointed that Disney owns both Marvel and DC or Marvel, Marvel and, and, Star, and Wars. Star Wars because there's there's no re- the only there's only one reason in the world that that movie's not coming out on Friday, May 4th, May the 4th be with you. The only reason it's not coming out is because Avengers just came out. Yeah. And they don't want to cannibalize their own. Movie. Let's also no, no. they also said Oh, yeah, we're moving the date so that it doesn't cannibalize on Avengers. But let's also be real. Memorial Day weekend is a popular time for sure. movies to no, come out. No, it is. But and they May, need, they May need the 4th is right presents. there. I know right it is. There. I know it is. But they also don't They also don't officially acknowledge that in a sense that they don't. They, don't, they only sell merchandise on it and put it on their site. And yeah, but, but, but they don't. But they don't like acknowledge it. Yeah. I, if, but OK, Ryan, if it's bad, that day is now cursed forever. If they were 100% confident that it was an amazing movie, they would do Ian, it. Ian, it's not going to be as bad as episode one. Uh, I, well, okay, it could be. <laughs> as far as I know, there's not a Jar Jar type character. I don't know. But maybe Han Solo is the Jar Jar the whole time. <laughs> well, so I guess we'll find out. He Jar Jar'd himself. Oh, he Jar Jar'd first. All right, guys. Well, that's going to wrap us up for this issue of Four Color Commentary. But before oh, we go, uh, we want to give you guys a preview of the books we'll be reading next time. Uh, Alan, I believe you're picking a, a first print for next time. Am, am I correct Yee. in that front? Yee. Tell me what you're bringing. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, we're going to do a little thing uh, that has to do with the new Deadpool movie coming out. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, I like that guy. Yeah. Uh, I know we've done a lot of Deadpool stuff on the show, and I'm really surprised we, we haven't done shirt. this yet. I am wearing a Deadpool shirt. Um, uh, it's actually when people ask me where to start with Deadpool... Uh, this series is the one I usually recommend they go to first because it's the most fun and it also sort of explores Deadpool's uh, other sides a little bit. And it's Cable and Deadpool. We're going to read um, oh. volume one. Uh, oh. It's going to tie into uh, the movie just a little bit or, or at least I don't know. Actually, I hope that it's informed the movie a bit. We're going to I mean, you'll at least have the titular characters in it. Right. Exactly. So. Um, but yeah, I've read this before and I'm really excited um, because it's been a while since we read it. Uh, and then I also get a book for next time. Yeah, you do. So what are you bringing for uh, first print? Or I'm sorry, here's my issue. Um, I'm going to bring a superhero book, but not the superhero book you're thinking of. It's slightly different. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to be bringing Uh-oh. Injustice what? 2, oh, God. Uh, issue number one. Oh, no, Alan. Why? Because it's so Hold on. Good. Hold on. Injustice 2, issue one? Yes. Is that like a Troll 2 scenario? No, it's the video game sequel. Uh, so let me give you a Okay, brief. so the comic book is a sequel to the video game. No, the comic no, book no. is a tie-in to, to the video the game second Injustice video game. So in the first Injustice <laughs> game... Here's what happens in the first Injustice game. Ready? So in this alternate DC universe, uh, Superman kills the Joker after the Joker tricks him into killing Lois Lane by suffocating her to death and also decides to let a bomb go off in Metropolis, killing everybody. He becomes like an evil overlord dictator. Uh, The DC heroes from our universe come over and stop him uh, and all of his cronies. And now he's trapped in prison. And that is where Injustice 2 starts. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of. I might have up. read the first Injustice comics when I was a wee babe in the woods. And Which was like four years ago. Oh boy. <laughs> oh boy. All right, buckle in. It's I'm gonna get bumpy. Oh I've boy. played the Injustice Two video game. Yeah, but Which is a I've, good game. I've I've only ever played. I guess I haven't played the story mode. No. Yeah, I the like, story mode I like in the second one somehow Firestorm. involves Brainiac. I like Firestorm. 
All right. So, Chewy, what are you bringing for next? Um, I am bringing an image book. Uh, It is the newer book, which came out earlier this year in March, the beginning of March. Um, I'm going to bring Gideon Falls number one. um, That is story by Jeff Lemire and art by Andrea Sorrentino. Cool. Uh, I am bringing a image book as it's that time in my uh, rotation, oh. uh, and I'm bringing a book that I'm surprised we haven't actually talked about on the show. I had to look through the archives to make sure, but we have not. Uh, I'm bringing uh, a book called Fatal. It is uh, issue number one, uh, written by Ed Brubaker, art by Sean Phillips. It's a book whose covers I've seen forever and have never, ever picked up and read, uh, but it looks incredible, and it has the thing that all my independent books recently have been having spies, but apparently, it, according to this uh, comicsology thing, it says, guns, sex, secret cults, and monsters are the top paragraph uh, in this book. So they, You lost me until you said monsters. Yeah. Now, Do they now eat I'm the in. monsters, though? Um, they should I'm, eat I'm the surprised monsters. that monsters are out of all those words is the one that jumped out at you the most. It says a lot about you, Alan. Um, the one that jumped out at me was sex. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Chewie. Um, that's the right response. <laughs> Good job, um, Chew. So uh, this book actually also is on Thanks, comics. David Lynch. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, my new favorite, by the way, total side note, my new favorite director to impersonate is uh, Werner Herzog. He's so much fun to talk. Yeah. yeah. I, I like to, I like the word sex in this comic. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's on Comixology Unlimited. Uh, f- uh, the first issue is as well as I think the first trade is it looks like. So if you have that, uh, or you could buy it for 99 cents right now on Comixology. Oh, so yeah, it's not even a dollar. Fatal, 99 one cents you give them a dollar, they give you a penny back and a comic. Uno. Nice. Fatal number one. Right. Uh, yeah, I'm bringing a book that came out on Boom a couple of years ago called the fiction. Okay. I'm bringing the fiction number one. It's written by Kurt Pyers with art by David Rubin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like kind of a young adult book, but kind of not. Uh, it's weird. It's very weird. Except it's, it's, I mean, like I realized that my standards for weird are high. So <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it's decently strange. Awesome. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. Uh, we always like having our listeners come and, and, and sit a spell with us. And we want to remind you, you guys to come back next time to the only podcast that openly encourages you that when a major superhero dies, you take up the mantle yourself and you be the next Superman. <laughs> I'm Superman emo. I'm Alan. I'm Superman metal. Oh, wait. That might be a thing already. I'm Chewy. I'm Superman Superman because Superman's already great as he is. I'm Ian. <laughs> I'm super dead. I'm right. <laughs> Stay different, everybody. Bye. Super dumb. Superman. <laughs>